everyone and welcome to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter. That over there, that guy is Tim. Lists <laughs> after midnight. <laughs> it is lists after midnight. It's a countdown after midnight because this was it worth it? <laughs> no, uh, this, this is the uh, this is going to be the second half of our top fifty horror movies of the decade. The decade, of course, being the twenty tens, because that's the one that we're just finishing right now. At least the time of recording. Mm-hmm. By the time this goes up, it may actually be January. I think it may be. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, so Screams After Midnight uh, are top 50 movies of the decade. Um, of course, we're doing our top 10 of 2019 in a couple of months' time. We're going to catch up on some more movies before we do that. But we had a whole 10 years to look at with this list. And we've got our top 50 at the ready. We've done the first half. So if you want to see our numbers 50 through 26, we did that last week. The way this works, if you didn't see that video or that, that uh, episode of the podcast, is we... Uh, Tim will give one of his picks, he'll explain it a little bit, I'll give one of mine, explain it a little bit, we'll alternate until we get to number one, and that's what we're going to do. What are the years? 2010 through 2019, Tim. Okay. Just <laughs> making sure. Well, given that we already did half of it, and you were supposed to know that <laughs> when you picked the movies, I'm concerned. Okay. I'm a little concerned. <laughs> I just want to make sure, you know, it's not 2011 to 2020. <sighs> So I, I have been up to here, like, right, the decades, the way we name decades is not about accurately, like, like calculating, like, the, the time of the calendar, right? Yeah. We name decades for cultural reasons, so we can talk about movies, so we can talk about the, the, the culture or whatever, right? Um, mm-hmm. And, yes, the way math works is we start on a 1 and we end on a 10, right? So, mm-hmm. however, decades, when we say the 20s, 1920 or 2020 is part mm-hmm. of the 20s. Mm-hmm. It's in the name. <laughs> we're starting uh, I mean, I, we're starting a new decade, right? That's what this, yeah. that's what this is. I agree with you. I just <laughs> like seeing you get worked up. <laughs> okay. All right. People were upset at me on Twitter when I was giving my opinions on this. Uh, no, that doesn't sound like Twitter. <laughs> well, usually it's you winding me up on Twitter. Uh, not others, but here we are. Here we are. So, yeah. Uh, we do a list of our best tweets. <laughs> top 50 at yeah. Screams Midnight tweets. Follow us at Screams Midnight for all the best tweets. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, without much further ado, we'll recap the first half uh when we get to number one because we always like to recap the entire list mm. up until number one before we do our number ones but uh mm. without further ado tim let's get yeah. into it what is your number 25 all right so this might sound a little weird because it's From winter you? right now never <laughs> it's it's winter right now but my number 25 is spring <laughs> that was that what was that sort of intro was that Tim that was terrible <laughs> uh, I mean spring's great it's a um, it's I mean it's almost like a it's, it's like a love story but with a you know with like a little bit of you know a horror uh, element to it and it's just um, yeah it's just like really well directed the uh, you know creature parts I, I think are really cool and um yeah, you just get really like invested in the characters. It's a, yeah, it's a it's a great little uh, little movie though. I I also like Spring. We did Spring a, a long time ago on streams. Yeah. Uh, 
I actually didn't put it on my list, and the reason why is because I I think it's a good movie, but I think the horror parts of it are the worst part and like aren't needed. <laughs> so I, I left it off this because this is the fifty horror movies of the decade. But I do think it's a solid movie. I actually just saw we we just did uh, the same two directors. Their next movie, The Endless. The Endless. We just yeah. did that on the Ace uh, recently. Oh, cool. Uh, so yeah, so and they've got a new movie coming out with Anthony Mackie in it, so they're getting up in the world. They're getting stars and stuff. So, well, yeah, I, I mean, I uh, yeah, I would definitely be interested in anything they do. Uh, I think I mentioned this before. I um, I might have started watching Endless and never finished it. Uh, no, because of the be- movie, because be- be- it came up because it was endless. That is true. <laughs> that would have been it. Uh, but no, I, I definitely gotta go back and check it out. And yeah, I'll be, I'll be interested uh, yeah, in anything these guys do. I thought you didn't like sci-fi, Tim. I thought you were strictly horror only. Uh, well, I, I, I don't know. Is is it endless sci-fi though? I thought it was more horrorish. I don't nah, know. It's, I, it's, I it's definitely sci-fi. <laughs> it is okay, okay. All right. Well, I'll, I'll break my sci-fi rule and give it a go. <laughs> uh, all right. My number twenty-five is Creep. Uh, this is the Ooh. the surprising little found footage movie with Mark Duplass. Uh, from 2014, 2015, around there. Uh, wow. And this, <laughs> you were that. Uh, oh, it just, I mean, it just, it feels like. Recent. Yeah, like, yeah. like 2014 sounds like long ago, but this movie feels like, oh yeah, I feel like it just came out like a year or two ago or something. I, I don't think any year this decade feels that long ago now. Like, I, I, I feel like there's movies that came out, especially in like 2015, that feel like they just came out. Like, yeah, you know, Mad totally. Max Fury Road and stuff like that. I'm like, that just came out. Like, but yeah, yeah. No, it's been five years already, or it's Jeez. going to be five years next year at least. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Creep is a, a found footage movie. And even before I saw this, I was sick to death of crap found footage movies. But this mm-hmm. did something interesting with it. It's a it basically this serial killer who wants a documentary film made about him. So he hires a cameraman. Uh, to document everything about him and so there's a so there's a good reason why he's filming for a start uh mm. that's first and foremost there's only one scene in the entire movie that i felt that the fact that the camera was on was unjustifiable there was one mm. there was one scene that bugged me other than that though it was really well done mark duplass uh, plays a great like serial killer it's, it's like he's kind of nice but he can maybe kind of unhinged uh you know there's like one of my favorite shots in the movies when he's got that peach fuzz mask on there's just yeah there's <laughs> so much great moments so many great moments in this. Um, I think it's really effectively handled, and I was genuinely surprised when I saw it at how good it was. And it's you know, I I always champion the little low budget movie that could that doesn't feel like it's padding or doesn't feel like it's a a directed streaming movie where it's mostly just fluff of people talking and delaying things before the horror stuff kicks in. Uh, yeah. So no, I, yeah, I totally agree. That this is a a great movie and. Um, yeah, it's like the, I, yeah, I feel like you kind of mentioned it, like what separates it from most other found footage horror movies is there's actually a reason for it to be found footage. And there's a reason why, you know, it, it's being filmed and the person like is not automatically, you know, like running away from this thing. And then, but I mean, eventually he does actually do that and it all feels like justifiable and everything. So it is, uh, yeah, it is great, and it is something that kind of like keeps you on your toes, like because you know something's like off about him, but then you kind of go back and forth between like, all right, like, is he telling the truth? Is he, 
dangerous or is he just kind of lonely or like you know is he trying to mess with this guy or is there it's, something more good like, and it's worth mentioning that he doesn't i mean he, the, the character is just filming this doesn't know he's a serial killer at the start of the movie he's, he's not yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not there to film a serial killer the guy uh, that's just the pitch that i'm giving you because that's what the movie is but right, uh yeah. he, he's like i just want a documentary about my life or something for my did he say it's for his kids or something like that? I can't remember what his excuse was, but he says, I want to make a movie about myself. He he said he was, like, dying, uh, but he ah, has, like, a, a young child, and so he went in to kind of show him what his life was like and stuff. And um, No, it, it's great. I, yeah, I didn't have it on my list, and honestly, it's just because I, I forgot about it. Well, like, I think I remembered it, like, a few days ago, but I was like, I don't feel like making changes <laughs> to, the, that, that, to the list at this point. This is like when we did our top 10 comics of the year and Matt forgot Curse of the White Knight. He just forgot about it. <laughs> and he felt like an idiot. So now you get to feel like an idiot. I mean, I, I still feel pretty smart, but uh, uh, to be fair, all my other choices are so good. There was there was also a movie on the sci-fi list that I forgot to put. Both, both me and Tara <laughs> forgot a certain movie and I was upset about it when I realized at the end of the list that I'd forgotten about it. But hey terminator genesis it was definitely uh, not terminator genesis I, I i do get upset when i think about terminator genesis i mean it it is hard though because it is like uh you know 10 years is like a long time and you know uh like, i think i mentioned it before the, the last episode like it was pretty easy to put together you know like uh the first like 35 movies or whatever but then after that then you really had to think and yeah there were times where it's like oh yeah i forgot about this movie or whatever and then yes sometimes some just slips through the cracks uh, unfortunately but yeah what's, uh, what's funny for, what's funny for me is that because i was born in 89 uh the way these decades work out is that i actually um my age is fits the decades like i <laughs> I, I had just turned 20 in 2009 and now i've just turned 30 <laughs> in 2019 so you know so next time we're doing decade lists i'll be 40 jesus christ (laughs) but you'll already be like 44 so yeah (laughs) i'll be dead probably (laughs) (laughs) oh dear right is that you got married and got a house you're like you know what okay i'm done i've peaked it's all downhill from here yeah yeah, not much keeping me going. I've peaked. All right, uh, what's your what's your twenty four? Hey, I'm not playing here. My twenty four is Gerald's game. Okay. <laughs> I'm not playing. It is. Uh, it's Gerald's game. Uh, I love. Um, you know, obviously, again, I'm a big uh, king head, and um, I was really impressed by this movie. It's just. Hold on, it time. One... I need to ask something like. Do people actually? Do Stephen King fans actually call themselves King Heads, or is this just you who's, who's using this phrase? Uh, I don't know. Maybe we should start. Uh, surely, what, what, what? surely, something more eloquent, like uh, "I'm part of the King's Court" or something like that. Like you know, some sort of pun. We're like, uh, I don't know, like knights or something. Like we yeah. look up to the king or something. <laughs> <I don't know>. <laughs> <clears throat> um. But no, this is a uh, like a really simple idea, uh, you know, where a, you know, uh, it's kind of like older married couple. Uh, they go to like this secluded cabin, and then uh, you know the the husband wants to, you know, like do like a little kinky game where he handcuffs uh, you know his wife to the bed, and then um, as he's doing that, he suffers a heart attack and you know falls over, and then you know the whole movie is you know this woman trapped to this bed and 
how she can get out. And then, um, you know, it's one of those like really simple concepts, uh, but they, I feel like they able to do so much with it. And it was a really good book, but a lot of people, you know, kind of thought it could, you know, would, it'd be like impossible to film. Cause it, it does seem like, okay, how do you make that exciting <clears throat> for like, you know, 90 minutes or whatever. Uh, but I think Flanagan knocked it out of the park. Um, you know, the performances are great. It's very compelling. Uh, there's some genuine creepy moments in it. Like there's a, like one part halfway through that, uh, like, you know, definitely gave me chills. And then there's a very, very extreme gory part. Uh, oh yeah. It's like hard, hard to watch. Uh, but I, I know a lot of people complain about the ending. Uh, I get it. it. It is like probably kind of a weird tonal shift unnecessary, but I, it doesn't bother me that much, at least not to the point where it, you know, ruins a movie for me. Uh, but I, I think it's a great little movie. Yeah, I wasn't super uh, like into the ending. Uh, I thought mm-hmm. the movie was fairly well done. It has some great moments, mm-hmm. but uh, I, I I was one who didn't like the ending uh, at all. It over-explained things and got really <laughs> cheesy. But my my summary of it. But I'm glad Tim enjoyed it. I'm glad I'm glad Tim <laughs> was into it. Okay, I don't want to rain on his parade. My number twenty four <laughs> is one that you might have brought up last time. I don't know if you did. Mm-hmm. I, I forget now because it's been a week, so I can't remember what you said <laughs> in the first half. My number twenty four is the Final Girls. Oh yes, yeah, I mentioned it. You did, okay, right. Uh, so yeah, you've got this whole thing where the the girls like sucked into the movie, last action hero style, horn of friends. So we've got twenty, what fifteen, twenty sixteen characters in a nineteen eighties slasher movie. But the whole thing is that her mum is one of the characters in the movie, or she played one of the characters in the movie. So it's this this kind of like, oh, I'm getting to see my dead mother again vibe. I guess what shocked me about this was just obviously it has a lot of fun with the slasher movie tropes. I mean, it probably could have had even more fun if it was R rated, mm. but. Um, mm. It's just how much heart it has and how much I was rooting for the characters and how kind of badass it was when she kind of decides to properly fight. I love proactive characters. I love them trying to like outsmart and play with the rules. And them, Definitely. So, so, something as simple as them trying to use the quote-unquote slutty 80s character to lure <laughs> in the killer into a trap is really yeah. funny. It's playing upon the tropes and it's, it's I, I don't know, really good stuff. You know, uh, Great cast as well, top to bottom, you know. Uh, you know, Adam Devine's in there uh, as, as a douchebag 80s jock, which is really funny. Um, yeah. You got, you know, just top to bottom, uh, great cast. Farmigas? With... Yes, the Farmiga. Well, you, I, you <laughs> mentioned her. I, I remember you saying about her, so I, uh, I wasn't <laughs> going to mention her again, but yeah. Really good. I, I think Fatal yeah. Girls is a, is a really heartwarming, surprisingly heartwarming yeah. horror comedy. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I think, like, heartwarming is like, a great way to des- describe it. I think, uh, I think we've probably even mentioned it when we reviewed it but we're like surprised at how uh because it's you know it seems like i you know uh this might be good but it might just be like a cheesy whatever comedy uh but no there is actually genuinely a lot of heart in it and the <clears throat> I, I might have mentioned it before but the only reason why i had it like lower on my list is because um yeah like there wasn't as much horror to it like yeah maybe if it was our raider or something and it had like kind of bigger gorier kills or something uh so you know it makes a little bit uh because it's not like you necessarily need it uh but i think in a case like this when you're specifically in a friday the 13th type movie i I do think you know you should see like friday the 13th type kills and stuff but um i mean it's still great without it but i think it would put it a little more over the top for me yeah 
yeah, I mean that's fair. Um, but no, I was generally surprised. It's, it's not often we talk about how good how good a movie is because it's heartwarming yeah. on this podcast. Yeah. But <laughs> that's true. But happy, uh, ha- uh, not happy death day. Sorry, <laughs> mixing my movies up. Uh, Final Girls though definitely does fit that. And uh, yeah, so there you go. I wish you number twenty three, Timbo. Uh, that would be Maniac. So the uh, the uh, Elijah Wood uh, vehicle. I still haven't seen the original. Um, yeah, so I'm curious we, about that. We need to do both. They're both worth watching. Uh, yeah. But anyway, oh, do we never do this on the show? This nope, one? nope, we don't do that oh, on wow. the show. I saw surprising. I saw this in theaters actually. I this was a this was some this is why these movies only had like one show in a day because like obviously oh, yeah. like, you didn't <laughs> expect that like, we'd see it. But I, I just so happened to like you know I w- really wanted to see it, so I was like, no, I'm going to that 8 p.m. showing that 1 8 p.m. showing, um, <laughs> and. I was glad I did. <laughs> yeah. No, I like this a lot. It's, uh, you know, like kind of like typical, uh, well, I mean, like on the surface, you know, it's just a, a serial killer story, but it's what really sets it apart is the, the way it's filmed. It's all through the POV of, um, you know, Elijah Wood's character. And, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I think it, <clears throat> you know, kind of makes it like, uh, sets it apart as being, who, who, yeah. who we should mention is the killer. He's not like one of the characters. Yeah. Like it's right. all the POV of the killer. Um, yeah. So it, it, it kind of feels like the, like a modern day version of like, you know, Henry portrait of a serial killer where it's like, you're spending, you know, like a couple of days or whatever, like your time with this person. To, like, but I mean, just the, you know, showing it through, like literally through their eyes, like, you know, it feels like you get in their head and and obviously it's like, you know like a, a super messed up place but it's it's so well done and like elijah wood comes off like so creepy in this and it's a really really good movie that yeah i found myself coming back to it every now and again because uh, it's just yeah really well done yeah um i, I was, it's got that kind of henry portrait of a serial killer vibe where it feels really grimy and you feel kind of like you feel yeah. kind of like dirty <laughs> for being up inside this guy's head but at the same time you're also kind of at the thrill of the chase and stuff you know mm-hmm. so it, it really plays with that stuff um so yeah no that's a really good pick uh so my number 23 completely opposite end of the spectrum uh is the, <laughs> is another surprising one for me that i did not expect to get anything out of but i kind of love the babysitter uh, <laughs> uh i can't believe i'm saying this about i mean g movie but like i i this was like you know r-rated home alone is this kind of how i describe yeah. it almost where you've got evil babysitter samara weaving and her gang of like teenagers who want to sacrifice this kid to you know their 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 uh their 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 demon god or what <laughs> I can't remember exactly what the word sacrifice them to, but they want to sacrifice this kid and he witnesses them do something bad so they it becomes this game of cat and mouse where he kind of has to take on these evil teenagers one by one, but it's genuinely really funny, uh very witty has a lot of cool moments it pays off kind of well it's not the most in depth character arc in the world I w- I wouldn't say it's just maybe heartwarming to say the final girls which I just had but it's really kind of sweet and fun and the, the the character really has to kind of like grow up a little bit because you know part of the whole thing is that he's too old to have a babysitter right um yeah. but he's okay with it because he's got the hots for his babysitter so he's, he's yeah. like he's going along with it he's like, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll have the hot like 18 year old in the house for me sure i'll do that yeah. no complaints from me mom uh so like like that stuff's really cool but i think it's, it's the it's the ensemble of all the evil teenagers they're all pretty funny it kind of plays on your expectations a little bit and uh yeah i i i thoroughly enjoyed the babysitter one of netflix's <laughs> best original movies i said it 
Yeah, no, it's really fun. Um, I, I think maybe it might have stuck with you a little bit more than me, but I, I don't like disagree with anything. It is, um, yeah, it's a really fun movie. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, what is your number twenty <laughs> two? Uh, I, I forget if you mentioned it already, but uh, twenty two for me is The Conjuring. Ah, um, yes, yes. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, we you know we talked about it before, but yeah, it's uh, no, it's it's just really solid. Uh, it's um, and again, this is like the good version of like, you know, when you're doing like a big Hollywood, uh, you know, horror movie, uh, you know, like James Wan, he's he is good at this stuff, and it it's uh. And, and and again too, I I would do feel like um, with the characters they introduce, like uh, you know uh, the Warrens and, and stuff, are like surprisingly sweet, uh, despite maybe some of the things you hear about the the real life versions. But like the movie versions, uh, you actually do kind of like root for. And um, but you know it, it still does like you know some really like good kind of classic like haunted house uh, scares. And and you could like you know maybe uh, criticize it for you know, having kind of jump scares and stuff, but, uh, they're so well done that it's like, you know, this is like a good version of that, but it's a, uh, you know, it's a movie that stuck with me. Uh, you know, even after seeing it, uh, some yeah. many a year ago, I, I hope this, cause obviously like it's set in the seventies, the first two, I hope since it's moving through time that the third one's set in 1984 and like, there's like a running gag in the movie that they're, they're disgusted by ghostbusters. They hate ghostbusters. And like, oh, yeah. <laughs> there's the spitting on like, every time you see it mentioned in a newspaper or something like that, ah, <laughs> stupid propaganda movie, making us look like fools. <clears throat> yeah. You can even squeeze a little wonder woman in there. I mean, I know that I know the new wonder woman was set in 84 Tim, but it wasn't actually out in 84. <laughs> you understand how this works, right? You understand the concept of time. Hey, I mean, it's owned by the same studio, though. They could just, like, you know, run into, uh, you know, Gal Gadot. She, you know, she could just be, like, uh, give him a little nod. And oh, so, and... so so what you're saying is, is you want Conjuring Universe to be integrated into the DC Universe. That's what you're saying yes. you want. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? I, I thought, given my Ghostbusters example, you wanted the Wonder Woman 84 movie to, for, as, to exist as a movie in the movie. But no, you want you want them to run into Wonder Woman. Okay. Yeah. All right. I've established that. What's wrong with that? That's when they start just sleep dark. They'll be <laughs> just sleep conjuring. Yeah. Uh, all right. My number twenty-two. I, I my last pick was the babysitter. This is the complete opposite end of the spectrum from something so light and almost kid-friendly. Not really, but almost kid-friendly. And the babysitter to terrifier, which I think you had in the first half. Yeah. Uh, I love just how nasty this little movie is. <laughs> like you know, it's it's just a movie about an evil-looking clown character, a slasher movie villain who is so absurdly violent that yeah. the, the stuff that he does to his victims is just so over the top. And he's so silent, which I love. I love that he never says a word. It's kind of like an expressive version of Michael Myers, where Michael Myers, of course, is silent, but he's also completely stoic. He's got the mask on. You don't see what he's yeah. thinking or what he looks like. Um, this is a character who will smile and laugh when he gets to do something truly evil. And... Mm. Uh, you know, there's just the surprising moments where he'll he'll do non-slashery things to win a slasher. It's, it's almost like it's subverting like the expectations of because we've seen a bunch of slasher movies. Okay, there's these rules where slasher villains always do this, so they always chase a victim like this. There's a moment in this movie where he just pulls out a gun, and I'm like, whoa, okay, so he can yeah. just win. Like he's he's got that in his back pocket at all times, and it's just like you know, it, it plays with things a little bit, and I I, I like that. But it's just it's so grisly and nasty. It's not the best acting movie ever or whatever, but 
like for a nice little for for a decade that doesn't really have a lot of slasher movies because let's face it it's not been we've not had a good decade for slasher movies really since the 80s let's be honest because yeah. <laughs> the 80s slasher movies mostly aren't good so mm. um it's nice to have a couple of good examples i mean the the the, the, the 2000s had maybe what would you count the strangers maybe after that <laughs> like a couple I'm, of I'm not as hot on that as most people but i mean that'd probably be one of the standouts yeah um yeah, I think like early two thousands. Yeah, we maybe they're trying like a lot of remakes, and I don't think uh, mm-hmm. many of them turned out that great. Yep. So, I mean, um, yeah, no, I mean, Terrified, yeah, is really good. Yeah, it's kind of funny. We have like a lot of like uh, similar movies on, on our list around this section, but we had just had them in different places, yeah. uh, which is interesting. Just mixed um, up. Yeah, but uh, no, Terrified is great, and. Uh, like you said it's it's so brutal that's like uh another thing i feel like we haven't had uh in a while like you know like even if we have something that's gory or something it feels like i don't know like like the gore in this almost feels like dangerous <laughs> like in a way you know <laughs> uh it, it's it's cool like it, yeah it lives up to its well, name and i think for a long time gore in movies was torture porn right but this is not to- i mean right, yeah yeah like that this is like no 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 like i mean it, this is more about just the absurdity of just how just how bloody and violent you can make something look. Yeah. Um. And visceral. There's a lot of visceral. There's moments where he'll like do something, and it, you can feel the stab, or you can feel the you know it feels yeah. violent. And and I, I, maybe I sound sick for saying I like that, but like I had I had a grin in my face the entire. I was I was loving this yeah. movie. <laughs> I was in, I was in delight. And, and like one thing I really like that I feel like we kind of got further away from like uh with you know slashers in like the 70s and the 80s and stuff um i, I like a good slasher set in the city and mm. uh, and i guess the maniac is kind of like that too where i like when the city feels like dangerous and sleazy versus yeah, yeah, like yeah. you know uh yeah because it feels like a lot of the you know other stuff we got um you know we got a lot more like you know rural kind of like rednecky slashers in the last couple of years but yeah just like uh like man, that like there's like one of my favorite settings is just like grimy New York and like you know like the late seventies or you know early eighties or something where it's just like feels like there's just roaming gangs and trash cans yeah. on fire and stuff. And, and, I love and, that feeling. And vats of toxic waste. Toxic waste. And and, <laughs> and possibly possibly Jason Voorhees might punch off yeah. someone's head. <laughs> possibly, uh, yeah. Possibly yes. No, I'm on board with all of this stuff. Uh, what is your number? What are we on? Twenty one. Twenty one. Uh, so again, another one I think you already mentioned, but uh, you know, uh, somewhat related to the you know maybe conjuring adjacent, I guess you could say, but uh, Insidious <laughs> Chapter Three. Ah, yes. Um, I I really love this. This might actually be my favorite Insidious. Uh, yeah, you know, which is kind of like I I just I really was into the story, and I think some of the creepy moments in it are so well done. Uh, especially one that just really sticks out in my mind. Um, you know when uh she's on the bed and like you know she falls down and she's like looking through the bottom of her bed and you just see like these other feet come out of nowhere and they start like uh like turning off anything that has lights in it uh so it gets like enveloped in darkness and it just really stood out to me as being just really good effective scene and yeah i like the characters and, and you have the idea of um yeah like you're in danger but you're also like uh you know your your like legs are broken so like there's so little stuff you can do and 
yeah, it just really, really stuck with me. A lot of like, you know, the scares and set pieces and stuff. Yeah, it's, it's a really simple idea. Just to say, okay, we're, we're going to do the haunted house thing. We're going to do Insidious again, but this time yeah. the main character is in a wheelchair and can't move. And it's like, oh yeah. wait, all, all of a sudden you've just you've refreshed it in a way that makes it feel even more vulnerable. And that's like, yeah. okay, let's 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 see what we can do with that. Um, so yeah, and then uh, and yeah, it's like uh, you know sometimes you get a little nervous, like uh, you know when James Wan leaves, but. Uh, you know, like Lee Wanell was, you know, pretty like instrumental in it as well. And, uh, you know, it seems like he was, you know, a, a good person for this one. And then, uh, you know, it's a shame that maybe he didn't do the fourth one. Uh, mm-hmm. cause then, you know, the fourth one kind of just, you know, not the worst thing in the world, but then it just kind of, it was a notable step down from like, the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, on the upside though, invisible man's looking pretty good. <laughs> Very excited. Yeah. <laughs> looking pretty good. Uh, my number 21, this is a biggie, actually. Uh, my number twenty-one is Get Out. Uh, so, <laughs> I, just wait. I, yeah. I, I felt like Tim was going to say something there. I thought I thought he was going to say, "Oh, fine, I'll get out." I thought he was going to like, get up and storm out of the room. Uh, no, uh, Get Out, of course, is a big milestone in horror for the the decade. It was, I mean, not just because it was like nominated for Best Picture, which is you know not exactly something a lot of these movies on our list can claim to. But it was a very distinct new voice in the horror genre. And we've had a lot of new directors this decade. That's definitely been something that's been true across the board. But mm-hmm. this was very much, you know, let's have a have a, a movie, a horror movie that's from the black experience. Let's have something that's yeah. told from a very particular perspective. And it's really well directed. And I remember going to see this in just the, the, in the first like, scene or two. Um like going through the street there's the, the the characters walking through the street and he's like he's worried that something might be falling i mean you're feeling tense i was like this is really well directed i had no idea jordan peele that comedian dude could could yeah. do this <laughs> um so there's a lot of subtext in the movie there's a lot of great uh character moments in the movie um and it, it kind of hit the zeitgeist in a way that uh like you know I, I don't think anyone was kind of expecting it to like you know I, I was seeing get out references in like various tv shows after this i was seeing people talk about the sunken place and yeah. and so on and so on but mostly it was just nice to have a new voice it was because i i came out of this and going i genuinely don't feel like i've ever seen a horror movie from this perspective before that was ultimately about not just racism but, but about um like ultra kind of like liberal i want to prove i'm not racist mm-hmm. racism if that makes any sense like that was really um, what it was about yeah definitely no it's like an interesting take like you know <clears throat> kind of showing that you know yeah like just because you're not like using derogatory just because you're not like outright saying like some super racist stuff doesn't mean that you're not like um yeah being racist like it it, you know it's a really good like interesting perspective and yeah i think um you know like uh yeah it it was surprising how big how well this like took over uh because i think like a lot of horror fans after seeing the trailer and stuff we were like oh this looks interesting like it could be really good but yeah it was surprising like how much it it kind of like took over yeah, it's like the regular conversation I, at that point. And- I, I remember the first time I saw a trailer, I knew nothing about it. I knew I didn't know who was directed. I didn't know anything. I remember the premise just made me go, whoa, that was ballsy. Because I, I, yeah. <laughs> I think my assumption was that it may be a white guy directing it. And I thought, oh, geez, this, 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 <laughs> might, this might be kind of rough in terms of uh, what it does. But obviously it became very clear very quickly that it wasn't. And um, ended up being a really, a really sort of interesting mm-hmm. new 
point of view that we hadn't seen in cinema and that you know if, if you know outside of equal opportunities if we're ever going to champion for diversity the reason why we should do it is because the more voices the more distinct voices and mm. perspectives we can have in any medium leads to more varied and interesting stuff it leads to more uh just more of everything it makes yeah, things less stale so yeah get out yeah. accomplished a lot so get out and, get out. and and i think it's an interesting time right now where we are you know not just horror movies but in general are becoming more aware of like social issues and stuff and you know i know you know uh, there's a lot of people out there that don't always like to talk about that or be reminded of it, but I think it's hard to ignore. And I feel like the decade didn't start off like this, but I feel like the kind of the later half that, you know, kind of became a bit of a trend. We started seeing in more horror movies, which uh, <clears throat> where, you know, you know, all of a sudden you are seeing uh, stuff that's more about race and, you know, sexism and, you know, the, the, like Me Too movement kind of stuff. And uh, and it's really interesting and yeah, yeah, I mean, cool to see. We just mentioned The Invisible Man and that yeah. looks super Me Too uh, in terms of what it's doing. Uh, and that's the thing, like maybe it's more overt right now, but horror has always been political. It always has been. Go back yes, and watch yeah. our review of Night of the Living Dead. Like our entire mm-hmm. conversation in that was about uh race in vietnam and like all that stuff like it always has been even when it's not super obvious like the the the, the, the politics of the world tend to drive the type of horror movies that are being made like yeah. you know when fear of immigration was a big thing in the mid 2000s there was all of a sudden a lot of home invasion movies there was and that one's a lot more subtle but like it's always yeah. driving what horror does so um yeah I, you know so if that got too political sorry but <laughs> horror is inherently political at times uh yeah. as much as i enjoy sometimes a mass killer just going around mm-hmm. bloodying people up uh sometimes it's got something to say and often yeah. that can lead to better experiences so yeah. tim what is your <laughs> yeah. number 20 my number 20 uh a uh, newer movie uh on the list and that would be midsummer um midsummer yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and it's funny because uh, yeah, like uh, when Get Out came out, uh, I think that was the same year as Hereditary. Uh, I believe. Uh, that's uh, oh, or was it one year? No, apart? one year because uh, Get Out was twenty sixteen. No, wait, was Get Out twenty seventeen? If it was twenty seventeen, they were both the same year. Okay. No, wait, I, no, hold on. Midsummer was this year. <laughs> Hereditary yeah. was just last year. So now they were separate. You're right. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. But um. I feel like uh like Peel and Ariaster are just like two like you know new voices to the horror scene that just like really came out with such mm-hmm. heavy hitters um and and back to back movies really quickly as well like they both like yeah. got the second movie out pretty snappish yeah uh, and I and I love that like you know they both are I mean who knows you know what future movies will be and everything but I love that they were still you know, wanted to do a horror movie. Sometimes, you know, someone would come with a horror movie and then go on to direct a, you know, Marvel movie or something. But like, um, you know, I, I like that they're doing this. And then, you know, Midsommar, um, I think was a great follow-up to Hereditary. It still had like, you know, a lot of the, uh, what he does great is just like the awkwardness of, you know, people being in situations they shouldn't be saying things that they shouldn't say. And, while there's also horrific stuff going on and uh and also like weirdly dark funny moments and uh yeah he's just really a like a, i mean 
just going by these two examples of of you know what we've seen from so far, is a master, you know, storyteller that's just doing really interesting stuff that you know other people like don't really <laughs> seem to go to, like right. or, like almost feels like uh, it, it's stuff that like someone wouldn't want to. <laughs> like a approach or something just these really mm. real dark conversations very unique voice uh knows how to build tension yeah like ari aster is obviously one of the biggies that's just kind of uh you know how uh and what's funny is that my number 20 is hereditary so this is <laughs> on point for the conversation mm-hmm. um hereditary despite the fact that i have a few problems with like how it ends it doesn't take away from the fact that this is expertly directed and the middle of this movie is some of the best stuff of the decade like just on its own like there's a whole section from i'll just say the car scene and everything yeah. <laughs> in the next let's say 20 30 minutes where this movie became terrifying not because of any of the supernatural stuff that might have been happening mm-hmm. just just because of like i was terrified of the characters mm. finding out about what just happened and i was terrified mm. from the, mm. the way the relationships were going to be after that 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 revelation mm. like i was so <laughs> tense throughout that section of the movie it was so good it was it was almost to a point where i didn't even need the supernatural stuff the horror of the family drama was horrifying enough i didn't oh, yeah. need anything else <laughs> was that good yeah like i i think when i first saw this in theaters i i feel like yeah during those scenes that you were talking about like halfway through watching them i would just be like oh i need to breathe like i i forgot that i I Mm. haven't been breathing for like the last you know like 20 seconds or whatever because you are so caught up and it you know and and it's just a movie you know but you still feel so like holy shit this is the worst thing i'm seeing like I, i can't even imagine being in this situation and then yeah the way they react is so like spot on for like uh you know not maybe not necessarily what you would do in that situation but just like you can see someone just you know reacting that way and it's just it's yeah superb yeah uh excellent what is your number 19 um i don't know if this will be controversial because um, <gasps> <laughs> I, I don't know if maybe people might skew this as being more sci-fi or whatever you can make the argument uh for i guess but you can't deny like <laughs> there is so much creepiness and horror in this movie and that is scotland's own (laughs) under the skin uh (laughs) this is like man this might be uh like one of the weirdest movies i I, i've ever seen and i've seen some pretty like weird stuff but it is man it it just gives you such like a, a strange feeling when you're watching it uh it is just so like eerie and otherworldly and creepy uh but to, to answer your query by the way it is equally <laughs> sci-fi and horror so it's more than valid yeah. for this list they can okay be, this <laughs> list doesn't have to exclude sci-fi it just has to also be horror you're good okay um but yeah i mean uh you know when you think of uh this decade and you think of some of the biggest horror monsters and it's hard not to think of scarlett johansson uh <laughs> <laughs> you know certainly makes me think twice about just getting into any random white van just because the the, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the pretty woman behind the wheel says hey do you want a lift yeah um, um but i mean i i can see some people like you know not liking this movie because uh yeah it is a slow burn it is very weird but well, it's I mean, super art house it's like super yeah. it's like kubrick with a touch of david lynch yeah. <laughs> injected right into your veins i i 
I almost want because Scarlett Johansson has an English accent in it, and I wonder if that's because because it's obviously set in Scotland. Everyone doesn't know this. It's set in Scotland, and the whole point in the book that it's based on is about this alien woman who is basically trapping men, uh, just picking them up around the, the Scottish countryside mm-hmm. uh, to feed them or, or whatever back to our home planet, <laughs> whatever you <laughs> call it. Um, are they harvesting the organs for energy? Are they harvesting whatever? I mean, it's, it's kind of unclear some of that stuff, but mm-hmm. uh, like, I, I actually wonder, like, it, it's set in Scotland and you hear a lot of Scottish accents, you see a lot of Scottish places, because I, I didn't know when I saw it that it was set in Scotland. I, I, I had this weird surreal experience about... 10 minutes into it starting to recognize places and i'm like wait a minute <laughs> i know that street uh so but I, I wonder if like she just couldn't do a scottish accent and that's why her character's got an english accent because she could do that <laughs> i just wonder yeah. i don't know i could be wrong maybe i don't know but it's like i mean i, I don't even know like what else to really say about it other than it it's crazy but it like it sucks you in so well uh, it's it's slow yeah. it's moody um and even though there's kind of an up, uplifting element to her story by the mm-hmm. end it's just a, a horrifying look at humanity totally yeah so that's yeah those kinds of fine pick tim fine pick <laughs> all right my number 19 is a woman walks home alone at night this is mm. the uh iranian vampire <laughs> western romance vampire western <laughs> Let me correct that. Sure about that. Uh, this movie is stylish and moody as hell. It is shot in black and white. It is about a, a sort of fictional town that doesn't really have a name and the sort of romance between this vampire woman and the sort of drifter guy who's kind of like down in his luck. And there's not really that much of a plot. I'm watching it again for the show because I'd seen this you know, a number of years mm-hmm. ago and then we did it for the show maybe last year or something like that. Like I mm-hmm. sort of, I'd forgotten just how little plot there really was. It's more about mm-hmm. the suspense and the mood. And I can't really sum this up more than just a shot of uh, the, the the woman in question riding a skateboard and having, you know, mm-hmm. just like, you know, like flowing in the wind and the skateboard, like down a street yeah. in black and white. It's such a great visual. There's, there's a movement, there's, a, there's like a sort of weird movement to her body language. There's mm-hmm. great moments where she's stalking prey at night and we have this sort of the great use of the framing. And it's just, it's a, it's a stylish feast is what a woman uh, walks home alone at night is. And again, talk about uh, having perspectives and different voices in cinema. Yeah. Um, this is another example of that. So, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, totally. Now this is a, yeah, it's a wonderful movie, and uh, again, it's something that might not be for everyone. You know, it's a slow, slow burn and everything. But like, if you like, you know, like style in filmmaking, like there's so much of it, and yeah, it just like really oozes personality. It's uh, yeah, fantastic. There you go, simple. Uh, what is your number eighteen? <laughs> uh, so I think this is one uh, that. I don't. I don't think you're crazy about, but I. I really, really like it. And uh, for me, that is the autopsy of Jane Doe. I think, uh, like, really, really cool idea for like a bottle movie. Uh, you know, it's just like set in one location, or like you know, it's like mostly just a basement they go into. It. There's a few different other rooms and stuff there, but um, you know, it's just two people there, and essentially, it's yeah, kind of like a haunted house, but except for it's uh, they're performing an, an autopsy on someone uh, like a. Yeah, just random person, but you know, creepy stuff starts happening, and uh, well, I mean, such a Jane Doe does mean random unknown person. That's right, kind of right. you know, you, a John Doe and a Jane Doe. That just yeah. means we don't know who it is. Oh, I yeah. love the idea that there's someone out there who's actually called like Jane Doe, and they're like so <laughs> like this like the, they must get so confused when like no, her name is actually Jane Doe. We're not confused by who this is. It's this is Jane Doe. <laughs> 
That's his Miss yeah, Misto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's, there's got to be at least like one person <laughs> out there with that name. But um, but no, I, I just think it's like really well done, super creepy, uh, you know, great performances from, uh, you know, Emil Hirsch and Brian Cox. Uh, and yeah, just like a lot of really cool stuff. And again, um, you know, just one of those simple ideas I think is executed really well. I know I, I think you in particular didn't like the ending. I think some of the people have problem with it. But again, it's uh, – you know, yeah, maybe not the best, but you know, it doesn't bother me that much. I like the setup a lot. <laughs> I, for me, it was just the last act got a lot of gen- really generic for me. But I mean, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. But uh, uh, Brian Cox, by the way, another Scottish person, just pointing that out there. <laughs> oh, okay. Bit, bit of a trend. I didn't realize that. Bit of a trend here because my number eighteen is split, and of course, James McAvoy, mm. also Scottish, so uh, <laughs> they're everywhere. My my it's a scat block. My brethren are everywhere, um, but. <laughs> Now, Split for me was a huge surprise, and admittedly, part of the reason why I love this is not even because of the horror nature of it, but I do think the horror part of it is really well done. Uh, it's a surprising return to form for M. Night Shyamalan, who was making just crap for like 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Some people were positive on the visit. Uh, I cannot imagine why. <laughs> we, we we were not... I mean, I didn't hate it as much as Tim did. Like, I was like... I thought it was... Hate. I, I thought it was like... <laughs> You know, I, I thought it was like a mediocre, like five out of ten. Tim was like gunning in here with his two out of ten, like screaming and raving about how much <laughs> he hated the kids. So bad. <laughs> but uh, split, I thought was. You want to talk about a a freaking uh, yeah found footage movie that there's no reason why they should be filming. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Uh, so split, you know, has a great performance by McAvoy, who's doing all these personalities, the split personalities of this 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 crazy person who's kidnapped. Uh, three teenage girls. One, of course, is played by Anna Taylor Joy, uh, who I suspect might pop up again in this list somewhere else. Uh, but new mutants. <laughs> but uh, can can a movie count if it was supposed to come out this decade? No, no. Unfortunately, we're going to have to wait until 2029 when we're doing our best of, best of the twenties, so we can put new mutants on there. Uh, but. Like you've got this wonderful performance, you've got this kind of touching thing where she try, where she tries to kind of bond with McAvoy's, at least some of his personalities, and it really does. And I, I love the build to the idea that there's this other personality that's not seen yet, this worst personality, this beast personality, and I think the build to that, and then the actual visuals of that when we get there are really good. Uh, it's a nice little low budget inventive movie, and um, I think there's like one. I think the therapist character is a little bit not not the best actress in the world but other than that like i really had a blast with split and i was surprised and yes the ending which you know does something which i won't spoil uh mm-hmm. was a big deal to me because i really care about the other thing that it yeah. relates to so uh but uh i love split yeah yeah it's kind of funny uh you know part in the pun i guess <laughs> but uh, i'm kind of split on it like i yeah i i it is definitely the best thing and that Shyamalan's done it in quite a while um uh, but some of it didn't work for me uh, versus other parts that did. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, definitely can't uh, deny like McAvoy's uh, performance. So he's great. Um, so, yeah, no, some cool. Uh, it's a good pick, you know, some cool stuff in it. But yeah, it just wasn't totally my jam. Well, why don't you wow us then when you're number 17? <laughs> uh, we're on 17? Yeah, okay. 17. Uh, so that would be uh, follow me here in this uh Evil Dead, but of course hmm. I'm, I'm talking about the remake. Um, so, <laughs> it, you know, in case you're confused, 
but because there was uh, another one that came out this decade. I don't mistake um, things when Jane Levi is involved. Okay, right. <laughs> Continue. Uh, no, I mean I think like you know, uh, as horror fans, I think a lot of times you're kind of wary of remakes, uh, especially when you know you're gonna do like one of the, like you know the most famous uh, like horror movies or horror franchises or whatever you know that exists out there but uh i mean they pulled it off and <clears throat> they were able to make something that was like really good and uh you know it's great because it's sets it apart enough from the original where it's like okay like i i see why this exists uh you know because it, it's different enough uh but at the same time yeah, you get like somewhat of a feeling for it, and you know they made the brilliant decision to not include, you know, a new Ash character because uh, there's no way you can live up to like Bruce Campbell. So just yeah, don't even make that a factor. But it's it's so brutal. There's so much great gore and kills in it, and yeah, I, like, I, I uh, would go even further and say that it didn't even not, not only did it not try and do Ash again, it didn't even try and do Evil Dead Two at all. It wasn't like no, we're going to do yeah. a horror comedy. We're going to do no a straight edged, you know, rough as hell horror movie. Yeah and just do that yeah and i i really dig it it's uh i think they yeah, succeeded uh immensely and um yeah man it's a uh, it's a shame we never got a at least not yet got a sequel to it because it would have been really cool to see uh where they might have gone with it but <clears throat> yeah this is a great example you know I, I did have a surprising number of remakes on um on my list uh yeah i'm not anti-remake but um you know generally they're not usually the best but uh, i had a, a decent amount here I guess the remakes of the 2010s worked out a little bit better than the remakes of the 2000s. Without a doubt, yeah. They yeah. they must have like finally realized, oh, okay, um, yeah, maybe this is how uh, we do it. Because, yeah, it is a lot better than the early ones we got in the mm. 20, in 2000s. Having said that, though, I'm pretty sure Nightmare on Elm Street was 2010, so that was this decade. Oof, oof, uh, yeah. not, that, not that I've seen it yet, admittedly. We're getting there soon. We're getting there soon. Uh, my number 17 is one that I know Tim's not that keen keen on but uh i i kind of love darling uh we did this oh, yeah. a few years ago uh, it's another one that's actually all in black and white it's uh people have compared it to uh uh what do we call it from polanski uh um oh god obviously not rosemary's baby uh, <laughs> no uh fearless vampire killers <laughs> uh, the, name, the name's is escaping it, me anyway it begins with an r repulsion is it repulsion that's what I was thinking of. Uh, uh, maybe. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> it is similar, and it is, uh, you know, it, but, like, I loved how this movie felt. I loved the tone. It's like, it's like a 75-minute movie. It's about this woman who's, like, looking after this hotel, and she's clearly going crazy. I love the build-up to her doing something, you know, violent. I love uh, the way it's shot. I, I was just sucked into it the entire time. And for me... Um, and like I, I know I'm in the minority here because even like other film nerds I've heard sort of say, "Oh, this I can see what it was trying to do, but it's just doing this movie again." <laughs> but you know, I just like I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just so into it. <laughs> the style worked for me. I, I thought uh, to the point where I do want to see more of Mickey Keaton's films, and I still haven't bizarrely mm-hmm. for some reason. Uh, I know he did an alien, uh, a sci-fi one called uh, Pod or The Pod or uh, something. Oh, like that. Okay. Um, I should check that out at some point, but. Uh, I was into this, and funnily enough, uh, there was a cameo when this is a police officer uh, was Larry Fessenden, who was the director of a movie we just oh. we just recorded. Although I, you may not have seen that yet, because I, I I don't know if that's been up yet. But 
yeah. that'll be up soon. So, you know, there's a, a little bit of a connective tissue there. Uh, cool. You don't have to talk about it if you don't want to, Tim, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, I wasn't as hot on it uh, as you are. Uh, I mean, I won't deny that it has style for it. And, like, you know, I... Like, it did look good. You know, I'll, I'll give it that. But, yeah, just some of it didn't work for me. All right. What's your 16? 16, uh, I believe you mentioned a little earlier uh, as well, but uh, that would be The Conjuring 2. Um, mm. So, uh, yeah, I mean, again, like, you know, The Conjuring, I, I thought was a really uh, good movie. And then, but, yeah, I think the second one just, you know, ramps it up and gives even, like, better, you know, set pieces, some really good scares. Um you know, introduces like really cool, compelling characters. And, and again, like, you know, the, you know, now that you've had like a little bit of time with the Warrens and stuff, you, you know, feel like even closer to them and it's nice to see them again. And then like, yeah, the family uh, dynamic in this one is like really interesting. And uh, yeah, it's just um, maybe nothing, uh, you know, particularly like inventive or anything, but it's just one of those ones that takes like, you know, all right, here we have a good first movie and we're just kind of going to amp, like, you know, amp it up and go even bigger and better with it. And just, yeah, it's really solid. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I mentioned I talked about this in the first half. Uh, yeah, I, I just, I was impressed with how much I cared about the two characters in the second one. Um, uh, I'll leave it at that. Uh, mm-hmm. My number 16, another biggie. So, like, some of the biggies are starting to pop out here because, like, obviously, from here on, it's kind of biggies mixed with personal things that I'm going to have to justify. But uh, my <laughs> number 16, and this is one that will maybe go up when I see it again because I've only seen it the one still, but that is The Witch, mm-hmm. uh, which is a wonderful slow burn of a movie. Uh, at the time of recording, yet, yeah, I've not seen The Lighthouse. We're doing that relatively soon. We're, mm-hmm. we're weeks away from recording The Lighthouse review. But. Uh, <laughs> The Witch is unapologetic in what it's doing. It is so focused. It's, it's a slow burn, but it's a slow burn that knows exactly what it's doing the entire time. It's Anya Taylor-Joy. Uh, she's constantly being doubted. It was, it's clearly a movie about uh, the, the treatment of, of her, the expectations of her, what she's supposed to be, what she's not supposed to be, and how that drives her into something more extreme. Um, and... The, the tension building in the witch was fantastic and uh honestly the only complaint is that you might need subtitles because they're speaking in old <laughs> old uh, timey english speak and it's actually so thick at points that you kind of need the subtitles to keep track of what's being said but other than that uh is a triumph and there's a reason why this is one of the most talked about horror movies of the decade so yeah it was one of those ones that like when it was coming out i think there was a lot of articles of people saying like oh it's the scariest movie like you know in 50 well not 50 but like you know uh, like the last couple of years and stuff that, i was talking i i every time a new horror movie comes out it's a big deal <laughs> i hate when they say it's the scariest since whatever because don't yeah. bill it as scary like that is mm-hmm. the layman's way to try and bill a, a horror movie it's a, it's, a, it's a losing battle if you tell someone something scary if it doesn't scare the shit out of them they're gonna be like well it's not as scary as you said it was going to be then don't, don't tell them and that that's, yeah I, I think that's what a lot of the conversation became like after yeah. this movie I, I, de- I definitely saw a lot of people that yeah maybe watch like you know one or two horror movies a year and they're like that wasn't scary and it's like uh, but there's so much more to it than it's uh than that it's just yeah it's so yeah, really it's done. fine <laughs> they can go watch hobbs and shaw it's fine Sure, yeah. <laughs> Alright. You can go watch like it chapter two and get scared, but the big <laughs> CGI thing jumps out at you. Yeah, you common peasants. <laughs> go watch it chapter two, you tasteless hacks. Alright. <laughs> <clears throat> um 
That was my pick. I was 60. Yeah, so it's you, it's you number 15 now, Tim. Um, you know, this might be one of the last ones that we disagree on. Uh, I think for the rest of the list, we're, we're probably pretty spot on. But yeah, I don't think you were hot on this one. I really, really liked it. And that is The Wailing. Uh, a, mm. I, I believe it was a South Korean movie. Um, yep. But I, I just thought it was like utterly creepy and uh, just really, uh, you know, especially again, you know, obviously I don't want to give stuff away, but um, let's just say a part in a cave in the end that I just thought was really cool and well done. And uh, hmm. yeah, just uh, like and, a good, like, and when you spend the two hours and 30 minutes to get there, you'll be rewarded for it. <laughs> it, it is a slow burn uh, for sure. But, <laughs> but I mean, it, it worked for me. I was like, you know, invested in the whole thing. And then, um, yeah, you know, it's, it's like demony supernaturally. Um, but, uh, you know, again, sometimes it's nice to see something like from like a, you know, a different perspective and stuff. I thought like a lot of the, just seeing like some of the city stuff and in, in, in it that was interesting. But I, uh, it's actually one I, I would like to, to watch again because it has been a while at this point, but mm. I really, really liked it. Yeah, I, that's one of these ones that just didn't click with me. I was just kind of, I felt alienated the entire time I was watching it. It was kind of strange. Um, there was definitely moments I liked, but like I felt the length for sure and I just, I wasn't into it uh, that much, which is a shame. Um, I won't I'll, argue that it could be trimmed down for sure. <laughs> maybe I'll revisit it at some point and see if it clicks with me better. And, and it's not, it's, this is not me like not liking foreign movies. I, I love Korean cinema. Yeah, I, of course, I, I, yeah. I love tons of South Korean movies. Uh, this one just didn't click with me at all. Uh, but anyway, uh, so my number 15, something completely different, is Happy mm. Death Day. I mm. love Happy Death Day. <laughs> I think Happy Death Day is a blast of a time. And it's admittedly as effective as a horror movie. Mm. Not so much because it, it, it leans into its, its, its a horror comedy, especially the second one definitely does. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, you know, it's Groundhog Day with a slasher villain. It's this Groundhog Day where the main character keeps getting killed. Mm-hmm. and every day she wakes up has to figure out who's killing her and why she's looping and mm-hmm. that's you know that's what the movie does and it's a d- delightful time but i think what surprised me so much about this is that i i genuinely start to care about the characters and primarily the main character who's played wonderfully by jessica roth uh mm-hmm. I, I, I basically became a fan of her because of this movie she mm-hmm. has such a good arc which is kind of the same arc that all good groundhog style movies have where the character's <laughs> kind of an asshole and then through repeating the days, learns to not be an asshole because they learn the impact they can have if they're better and understand how mm-hmm. nice people are around them and all that. But it's it's well done. It works. And there's a reason why it's been used a few times. There's a reason why this and Edge of Tomorrow were both really solid reinventions of Groundhog Day formula. <laughs> um, so, uh, no, nah, I was into it. It has a lot of heart, a uh, surprising amount, and is genuinely pretty funny. And I can't believe I'm praising something that Scott Lobdell had anything to do with. <laughs> but here I am. <laughs> If, if you don't know who that is, that's a comic book writer who also happened to co-write the script for this movie. And I hate his comic books. Like, I hate them. But here we are. <clears throat> yeah, no, this is a really solid, fun movie. I uh, I, I still really like the first one. The, man, I, <laughs> you know, we, we don't need to go into the sequel, but who less said about that, the better. No, but the, I, I, I had a blast with the sequel. I mean, I wouldn't even dare put it on a horror I, movie list because it's, it's not really a horror yeah. movie anymore. But... I, 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 as a sci-fi comedy, I love the second one. So, mm. and, and I just couldn't stand it. But no, the first one is really good. No, I, um, yeah, maybe the horror elements could have been a little better, but like it's still a really solid, fun ride. And yeah, the, the characters are great in it. You really, yeah, yeah, especially, 
you know, the main character, uh, you really get to, you know, know and love and yeah, it's great. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll rep for, uh, for happy death day. Uh, what is your number 14? Uh, so you just mentioned it a little earlier, but it's uh, a girl walks home alone at night. Uh, yeah. Uh, again, it's just, uh, you know, just oozes style and like the imagery really sticks with you. And it's like, uh, I don't know, maybe it might feel kind of weird to say, but it feels like a cool movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it's like, uh, you know, it's not like you don't want to be the asshole that's like, you know, like busting out like, oh, I, I've seen this, you know, indie movie you never heard of or whatever. Like, not in that sense, but just like, I don't know, like sometimes you just watch something and like, this is cool. <laughs> I like this. But uh, yeah, and the, um, yeah, I guess we didn't really mention it, but the, uh, the yeah, the main character, like the person that plays it is does such a good job. And um, yeah, again, not for everyone, you know, it's a, you know, it could be a little slow and, uh, you know, and whatnot, but I mean, yeah, well, yeah if you're... Well, what we're saying to people is here if you if you want to be a good horror fan if you want to like good horror you have to be okay with a slow paced movie because most of the best yeah. horror is slow paced yeah <laughs> definitely end of discussion <laughs> <laughs> yeah and it's like you know maybe you know challenge yourself and try to watch things that are you know different or whatever but i don't know i don't want to sound pretentious but it's it's really good it's cool check it out i do want to sound pretentious <laughs> do better you filthy casuals uh, <laughs> uh all right so that was your number 14 my number 14. 14 uh so you're asking what's next your next is next because <gasps> Your next is my number fourteen. <laughs> uh, talk about surprises! Like I, I, the, the ones that stick out to me in this list that I really kind of appreciate in a way. Obviously, not necessarily at the top because they're in order of, of my appreciation. But like, is the ones that surprise me. And you know, like we've mentioned a few of them already, where I just didn't expect. You know, Babysitter, for example, or uh, or even Terrifier to an extent. But your next was a movie I went to see to kill time. I've said this story before, but I went to see it with a friend at university to kill time because we had to wait for something. And I I, I hated the trailer. I thought the trailer, I'd seen the trailer like, you know, 50 times just because I went to the movies a lot and thought it looked bad. And this movie is such a good fun time. It's a movie where the, the final girl character is actually really resourceful, really smart, and as soon as those killers like around this house attacking this family dinner, she starts preparing, she starts planning things, she starts setting traps. She's capable, she fights back. And it's also honestly kind of funny in places as well, sometimes really intentionally, and sometimes I'm not sure if it is intentional or if it's just more just the absurdity of it makes it funny to me, but like... Mm. Uh, it's a really delightful time and uh, this this put Adam Wingard for me on the map and unfortunately he's had a couple of weak movies uh, recently that have not been uh, super hot uh, but I I, you know, I had a blast with this I, I left this so pumped and I was like you know what this is this is why I love giving some stuff a chance that I don't feel good about otherwise because sometimes this can happen sometimes it can just completely prove me wrong and be like no this is a good movie and you're going to walk out uh, loving it so there you go yeah no I, I totally agree yeah i had it a little earlier uh on my list i think that's how uh is my number 26 um so we ended the last episode but uh no it, yeah it is great all the performances are, are really cool and the so many fun deaths and l like lots of nice like little like horror cameos and, and stuff in there and just yeah really altogether solid movie yeah uh what is your number 13 <clears throat> I don't remember if you mentioned it or not yet, uh, but it's uh, 
really, really terrific movie, and that is uh, Train to Busan. Uh, this mm. was one that was like, um, you know, I feel like we've done the zombie movies to death, you know, no pun intended, but like, you know, there's a, uh, just, you know, I feel like just so down whenever you hear like a new zombie thing, it's like, okay, it's another thing with zombies. Great. It's like, Oh, this time it's zombies in a grocery store or no, it's a, zombies in a high school. Or something. And, um, so yeah, I, I didn't really have care too much about it. Like when I heard the pitch for it, or whatever, it's like zombies on a train. It's like, okay, who cares? But then started getting some positive buzz and I watched it and I was blown away. It's like, super fun uh it makes you care about the characters uh the zombies are all done well and it, it's just uh altogether a fantastic movie um another korean movie uh, i believe uh, yep yep correct um yeah they're, they're really killing it. i think i actually had like a, at least three or four like korean movies yeah. uh, on my list here a lot, a lot uh, of good set pieces <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of good characters you see uh, it's a survival movie as well as just being a zombie movie and there's a lot of problem solving in some of this best stuff in zombie mm-hmm. movies is the problem solving. I think in Night of the Living Dead, I think in Dawn of the Dead, what, what do all those movies have? They have problem solving. So yeah. you, you, you deal with that, have some good characters, and you're onto something. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's a good pick. Uh, my number 13 is mm-hmm. The Invitation. Uh, mm. This is the, the dinner party gone to hell uh, where our main character, played by Logan Marshall Green, who, and this is the movie that kind of made me a fan of his. That, this in the, uh, the TV show Quarry, which only lasted one season, but he's phenomenal in both. Uh, mm. He goes to a dinner party uh, with, his, uh, with his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And there's hints that they lost a child at some point uh, throughout the movie, but there's just something kind of off about the whole thing. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's a very slow burn, very slow burn, very sort of slow build of paranoia that something's not quite right. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can't, I don't want to spoil where it goes, but let's just say something yeah. is not quite right. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the horror stuff comes into it as the movie goes on. Uh, but it's such a phenomenally directed and performed movie uh, from the director of Jennifer's Body, which I don't think any of us saw coming <laughs> at the time. No. <laughs> but uh, here it is. And it's just one of the standouts of the decade. I, I highly recommend. Uh, you know, just just throwing it on and just getting engrossed in the drama of it because it's just a wonderful slow burn. Yeah, it's another one that's kind of similar, if I remember correctly, like you were saying with your next. I think I, I might have just, I, I don't know if I went to the theater to see this to kill time, but I do think it was kind of just like a, eh, I don't know, I got mm. nothing to do. Let me go check this out. And yeah, I just remember being in the theater and being blown away. Uh, yeah, it's just so well done and so tense and again it's just one of those movies where it's like you know something's off but you're not quite exactly sure what angle it's going for and then when you you know do start to find out the pieces it's you know revealed really well and then uh yeah leads to so much great stuff and yeah this is just a fantastic movie i <laughs> love it yep what is your number 12 uh, another movie from this year, and that would be Us. Uh, I really, really like this movie, and I, I know some people weren't as uh, you know hot on it after Get Out and everything, but I, I think it's fantastic. There might be some um, uh, like if, if you're looking at the mythology of it, whatever. You, there's probably like little holes and nitpicks and stuff you, you can find to be angry about, but I think it's so well directed, and the performances are so great that. I really, really love this movie. And uh, yeah, it's like, you know, already 
you know, I think we all, you know, really blown away by Peel from like Get Out and everything. But, you know, the the one two combo of that and this is just like, you know, like oh, sign me up for whatever this guy does. Like I'm <laughs> really invested in uh, what he has to say. And I yeah, just can't say enough good things about this. Yeah, I mean, I like Us. I think Us has problems. Um, I didn't like it as much as Get Out, but uh, it's full of really effective scenes. There's a lot of great stuff in here. Yeah. There's a couple... I mean, I, th- I think there's like a sort of twist and some of the mythology stuff at the end goes a bit too far for me, but, uh, mm-hmm. but it's the sort of thing that I may, I may not hate as much on a second viewing because I know it's coming, and I'll just sort of yeah. like go with it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but there's a lot of great stuff in here. And again... Uh, you know, a lot of good little bits of humor in here as well. I thought, yeah, uh, and yeah. I was a lot of good little funny moments. Uh, but yeah, uh, my number twelve is a movie that I just watched this year uh, as catch up to try and fit in some more notable movies that I got recommendations for for the decade, and that is a film called They Look Like People, um, mm. which I don't know if you've seen. Uh, I. The name sounds familiar, but I don't think I've actually seen it. Yeah, uh, this is one we'll definitely have to do in the show at some point. This is a movie. Yeah about two friends uh one guy sort of comes to live with the other one then you know one of them's kind of starting to be successful like he's got an okay job he's got his own apartment it's just fine the other guy's a bit of a loser a bit of a drifter but they're old friends from childhood and basically the one who's like sort of staying there the, the, the drifter character he hears voices and it's basically try to convince them that uh the people have been replaced by either aliens or demons and okay it's about him maybe going to do very extreme things thinking that he's trying to defend himself in the world and but of course we don't know throughout the film if he's if it's really happening or if he's just going crazy um it is a wonderful film about mental illness i think uh one of my favorite endings of anything on this list is the way this movie ends um and but i love the overall tone and feel it reminds me almost a little bit of primer if you've ever seen that uh, in terms of the tone uh, which was a sort of little, that, that's like an ultra low budget sci-fi movie, uh, yeah, and this is heard of it again, but yeah, yeah, but that, and this isn't sci-fi per se. This is uh, definitely more towards horror, but it, mm-hmm. it's very much again, it's one of those things where it mixes the sort of horror stuff of like, oh, is there actually people being replaced with also just raw humanity horror of like, is he this mentally ill that he might do something really dangerous? Um, okay, and it kind of does it. It's a really again, it's really low budget. It's just a f- great little sort of three character show basically um but i thought it was really well directed and well performed and uh the emotion of it really hit hard uh so that's they look like people cool yeah um sounds interesting i'll definitely have to check it out what is your number 11 so uh yeah it's not going to be on your list because you haven't seen it yet so we'll have to uh but we'll get into it shortly uh and that is the lighthouse. Um, and 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 for the record, there 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 was like a few things that I saw, like early that I was thinking about putting on the list, but I only chose stuff that was actually in theaters. So like you know stuff I saw at festivals. Sure, yeah, yeah. That hasn't officially come out. Like, I, yeah, because there was cause, a few. Because we will be counting all those for like our top ten possibly of next year when yeah. they actually come out. Yeah. Yeah, but Lighthouse did count because it did. Yeah, was yeah, out yeah. Of theaters over Light, here, so. Lighthouse did come <laughs> out. Yes, yes, you can count it. Uh, but uh, I mean, since we haven't done the review yet, you know, I probably won't go too much into it. Obviously, it's on my list, so you know that, uh, especially high up, so you know that I love it. But man, just talk about just like amazing performances. Like, obviously, you know, you know, Pattinson and Willem Dafoe are like great actors, 
Uh, well, I guess maybe some people don't know about Patterson uh, for some reason, but uh, you know he's phenomenal, and the look in it is so cool. And there's so much atmosphere, and it's so weird, and it, it's great. I can't wait to watch it again. Uh, it is, yeah, just <laughs> it's tense and uh, creepy at some points, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty great. <laughs> I was, I was deliberately ignoring you there, just in case you said that. <laughs> I didn't want to hear. <laughs> so, yes, very good, very good, yes. Number number 11. Uh, my number 11 is one that you said like two entries ago. That is Train to Busan, which is... Oh, nice. Okay. Uh, phenomenal, phenomenal little film, uh, zombie film. Uh, I say little, it's actually probably a, a fairly big budget movie for Korea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's good for a movie, good characters, good set pieces. There's scenes where they have to like get past, because there's, there's some little... Like, there's a scene where they have to like, sort of go through a car of the, one of the train cars that's full of sleeping zombies. And there's like, yeah. like, you know, the zombies have a couple of different rules in this movie. So there's like, these mechanics they have to work around, which I love. I love when they set up mechanics and then they have the characters have to work around those mechanics. That's my favorite thing in horror movies. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, yeah, basically said everything already uh, that need to be said, mm-hmm. but uh, wonderful. Um, this, this is a version of Resident Evil Zero we should have gotten. <laughs> good version of zombies on a train. I mean, uh, the train part of that game is not bad. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it's probably the best part. Uh, the yeah. uh, but we got a sequel coming out soon, Peninsula. Uh, yep. Also, definitely interested to see how that will turn out. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> I'm almost disappointed that they're not going the Die Hard slash Under Siege route and picking a different vehicle, like zombies on a ship, or or we'll <laughs> yeah. do zombies on a plane or whatever. Like just continue the thing, you know. <laughs> So the next yeah. one will be ship to uh, Europe, and then the third one will be plane to <laughs> Australia. <laughs> anyway, uh, so what is your number? Oh, are we on the top ten now? Oh my, top ten. 10 yeah. We're on the top ten. Uh, what was your number ten? Um, I yeah, I'm trying to think how you felt about this movie. If I think I think we were both positive about it, but I don't know if you liked it as much as me uh well we'll see if i'm uh, about to win the smackdown <laughs> so go on uh that's the void uh i oh okay yeah I, I really 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 dug this it 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 feels like such like uh a carpenter homage but in, you know in a in a good way like you know it doesn't feel like a ripoff or anything but it's just oozing like style it's got that kind of like you know, it, it's modern times, but it, you know, it does feel like very '80s ish and just terrific. You know, uh, special effects, like all you know, practical creature stuff, and uh, <clears throat> you know, like a weird kind of otherworldly, dimensionally storyline to it. But um, I really, really dig this movie. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I like the movie. I think you know some of the the character stuff. You know, that or more specifically, the acting is not particularly good but, sure yeah, uh yeah. no i had a blast with the movie um i'll reveal that it's kind of an honorable mention for me it was sort of like you know like mm-hmm. somewhere in the 50s you know kind of range when i was deciding things um yeah. it, it could go up or down when i watch it again but i mean obviously mm-hmm. i love the practical effects i love the the love crafting kind of cosmic horror that it was teasing and stuff um i don't know if, i mean mm-hmm. yeah i mean top 10 material i don't know if i'd ever get that high on it but like mm-hmm. fair play <laughs> i mean it yeah, no, it's it, it just really yeah worked for me. It's just yeah a lot of stuff that uh, I love and done really well. Yeah. Uh, my number ten. So Tim, you're familiar with the hit television show Buffy the Vampire Slayer, of course. Uh, yeah, we just finished. Uh, 
our complete oh. rewatch of it, and uh, and you know we're a few episodes into Angel now, so. Oh, but oh, you should have done them side by side so the crossovers would sync up. Yeah, it's a little. Uh, I I didn't feel like uh, looking up you know the exact like order. <laughs> Ah, it's really easy. Well, season four and one's really easy. It's just alternate. You just do Buffy, Angel, Buffy, Angel, Buffy, Angel all the way through. Uh, <laughs> it's easy. Anyway. Right. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so Angel, of course, the spin-off. Uh, interesting character. And that character's favorite song is... Wait. Uh, Angel? Yeah, Angel's favorite song. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's been too long. I don't remember. <laughs> Well, when you get to early season two, I, you're going to find out because it's uh, oh, Mandy. Oh, <laughs> my number ten is Mandy, yeah. baby. <laughs> all, all I could think of was that uh, that song that the first was singing to Spike in like season seven that would make him vamp out. Oh right, <laughs> that was all I had in my head. I was like, you talking about that? But <laughs> no, 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 I don't no. know that Mandy's great though. Please oh yeah, Mandy. Talk yes. about it. <laughs> uh, Nicholas Cage. Uh, he's most craziest with the director of Beyond the Black Rainbow, which, for mm. the record, did appear in my top twenty-five sci-fi of the decade as well. Just uh, FYI. Ooh, okay. uh, but Mandy, of course, veers more towards the horror, and mm. it's Nicholas Cage. It's weird Cenobite bakers. It's uh, <laughs> a cult. It is the 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 murder of his wife and the vengeance that he will wrath upon it. Uh, if Nicholas Cage sticking his nose in a mountain of cocaine that's on like a piece of broken mirror <laughs> isn't enough to sell you on this movie. If him making his own axe, which actually honestly isn't that far away from the uh, the Slayer scythe from Buffy. Mm. Now, now you made me think of that. Uh, and you know, if, if all that isn't enough, if the fact that he lives in Crystal Lake <laughs> uh, you know, like just all these things. Like the, the movie is absolutely batshit in the best way possible, uh, mm. and it is a trip of a time. And mm. again, it's not for everyone. It is, it is a very art house kind of, you know, like a lot of like weird lighting choices, weird slow paced scenes. It's just that kind of movie, and I it's, love it. You know, what's funny is it's like a weird mix uh, that totally works, but it is like a mix of the slow burn art house with just like the cr- like batshit crazy action movie mm-hmm. uh but you know it blends like together so well like yeah the, the, there's like these slow kind of quiet scenes but then yeah like you said they're like amped up by like these trippy drugged out you know biker uh you know like action fighting stuff and yeah it's just really well done and man it's like this might be one of my favorite like movie viewing experiences like you know i got to you know i, I guess i'll brag a little bit but like yeah i saw this and then got to see like q a afterwards with like the director nick cage and man he is like you know obviously i wasn't right next to him or anything but seeing him in person is just such a, a trip he's such like a weird dude but in every you know way that you love <laughs> like it's it's so great it's not an act is what you're saying it's just no, no, no nicholas cage is nicholas cage he, okay he showed up in a um he was wearing like a gold suit when he showed up. <laughs> it was like a gold suit and like red sunglasses indoors at night. <laughs> it was great. Of course he is. Uh, yeah. He's a big Superman fan because he, he had Action Comics number one for a long time at least. I don't know if he sold it eventually for the alimony money. But... Didn't, like, didn't it get stolen it did, and then but... they found it? And... Yeah, you got it back. I, I don't know if he sold it after that though. Maybe maybe he didn't. Maybe he just Maybe. kept it. Hey. Um, I I mean, I, I love the little bit of uh like I feel like we're getting like full 
like Nick Cage, like horror Nick Cage these last couple of years. Like, you know, mm-hmm. um, like obviously this was a big one. Like, you know, mom and dad wasn't as good, but you know, he, he was good at, at some points in it. And then, mm-hmm. um, you know, I uh, got color out of space next year. And I think another one next year too. Um, so yeah, I, I'm loving this. Uh, I already love Nick Cage, but man, uh, seeing him just doing all this horror stuff is great. He's finally hitting his stride while he's pushing 60. That's what he's yeah. finally hitting his stride. <laughs> all right. What's your number nine, Timmy? Uh, you just mentioned it a little bit ago, but my number nine is the invitation. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, so I, I won't harp on it too long, but again, it's just so well done. And uh, I, I think a, a thing that's great about it is, yeah, there is so much uh, about it is, you know, stuff that's being revealed, but it's still a blast to watch even when you know what's going to happen because the performances are just so great and just the, um, you know, act of storytelling, the way they, you know, slowly reveal stuff and pace everything. And it's really, really done, uh, done well. And yeah, it's, uh, I don't know if it was like the biggest movie. So if there's anyone there that misses, like do yourself a favor and go out and watch it. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, yeah, invitation. I invite you to a good movie. It's called The Invitation. <laughs> uh, my number nine is one you've brought up already, and that is Evil Dead, 2013's mm-hmm. Evil Dead. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I, I this was another one I was surprised by. I didn't know what to expect from it. And found myself just been so thoroughly into how insanely violent it was and just how... I loved how it subverted things and how the person who was originally infected ended up being the hero of the movie by the end. You know, and I guess mainly spoilers there, but like it kind of flipped things on its head. And that that last like fifteen minute section, and it added a lot to the mythology as well. It added it added to the reason why the book wants to do this. It added there was like more of a purpose to it, um, yeah. and I kind of liked that purpose. And that entire last fifteen minutes, I thought was just batshit crazy and and a fun yeah. way and just so much blood <laughs> so good uh i love you know it made me you know uh love jane levi who i've seen in all mm-hmm. things since then um I, I think freddie alvarez is a great director I, you know i enjoy don't breathe a lot uh, not as good as this yeah. but um as it was earlier on my list but this mm-hmm. is a, a blast so no, evil dead i uh I, yeah definitely put him on the map where it's like yeah if whatever he's got you know coming next uh yeah definitely interested in we will be watching yes uh what is your number eight uh another recent one uh from this year i absolutely loved uh dr sleep i again you know i'm a uh whatever we said a member of king's court or <laughs> whatever you want to say but like i um y- you know I- i'm so impressed uh that they were able to make a good movie because I like the book, but I know you know other people aren't hot on it. But it is such a weird concept where it's like you know a, a sequel to one of the most you know like famous, probably like well beloved horror movies slash books of all time, and you do a sequel uh, that's about like psychic vampires, and it's like wait what? <laughs> uh, but he managed to make it work uh, for the record for the record it's not vampires who are psychic it's right it's, it's, it's psychics who feed off psychic energy therefore right, psychic right. vampires just the way to clarify right. that <laughs> sure um but you know flanagan just does such a, a a good job and i always say this about flanagan too where it's like he's a guy that like i did not like at first and then each you know subsequent movie he's made i've liked better and better uh to the point where it's like wow, he's like my dude now. Like I'm excited for anything he does. And I, uh, and I think he gets King really well. I mean, you know, this and Gerald's game are both stuff that I think 
almost no one else could have filmed, and he managed to knock both of them out of the park. Um, and, and I know, you know, there's some people might call like fan servicey stuff in here that maybe didn't work for them, uh, but it totally worked for me. And you know, he made not just a, a great adaptation of this book, but also a great sequel to the original movie. And the way he was able to blend uh, the book and the movie because there's such those big differences, like really, really impressive. And I, I just absolutely love this. I can't wait till it comes out and I can watch the three and a half hour di- director's cut. Oh God. Um, <laughs> I, I liked a lot of the movie. I didn't like all of it. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the last like 30 minutes, but uh, I get why you like it. Enjoy it. <laughs> have your, have your doctor sleep. All right. Uh, my number eight is He's a maniac, maniac on the floor, and he's killing like he's never killed before. <laughs> maniac! <Good job. laughs> the Maniac remake is all in the killer's POV. Uh, I kind of said this earlier, but it just it makes you feel so grimy. And I didn't know that, that this was what it was when I went to watch it. I sort of, yeah. I wanted to see it, and I went with some friends at the time, and you know, the, the opening scene, because there's so many, like Halloween opens with a POV scene, right? So it, it has this opening yeah. scene where he's stalking this woman and it's like POV and it ends with him killing her. Goes to the title or whatever and then the movie continues and I'm like, wait, it's still on POV. Is this whole thing in POV? <laughs> and sure enough, it, you know, barring one or two special moments where it, it shakes things up, uh, it is. It's, it's the killer's POV. Mm-hmm. And it feels so weirdly intimate in a really sort of like disturbing way that just makes it work. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just a unique feeling of a horror movie. Compared, and, you know, I'd say mm-hmm. it kind of takes what you feel in Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer and kind of flips it to a new thing. But uh, mm-hmm. that's the best thing I could sort of think to describe it in terms of how it makes you feel. But... Um, mm-hmm such an memorable experience i was so in, enthralled in it when i was watching it um so great and I, i'll say it my favorite elijah wood movie screw those lot of the things crap fest <laughs> all 12 hours of that walking to mount mordor doom or whatever well we'll see if uh some movies next year like uh like if uh come to daddy will uh be able to topple it but was that uh, time? Did you just tell me to come to daddy? What? <laughs> I will not come to daddy. You are uh, not my daddy. Okay? Uh, no, I mean, yeah. I, you know, I just talked about it a little earlier, but yeah, no, it, it, it's a great movie. And yeah, talk about like something so unique and original. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yes. Uh, there's no daddies here and there'll be no coming. Thank you very much. Uh <laughs> At least if it is happening, keep it to yourself, Tim. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll do my best. I can't make any promises. Uh, what's your number seven? <laughs> uh, you just mentioned it a little, little bit ago, uh, and that's Mandy. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, just echoing everything you said. It's the, it has such a cool style to it. The performances are phenomenal. Um, it's a really unforgettable movie. Uh, and yeah no it's amazing i mean my god we didn't even mention the cheddar goblins but (laughs) there's a there's a so much stuff i i think you you brought up a when you said it was like trippy i think that's the perfect way to describe it it's like uh yeah it feels drug-like but in in such a good uh engrossing way yeah yeah, it's awesome nor did we mention the the biggest chainsaw that the world's ever yeah. seen <laughs> yeah. uh, at one point. So you know, uh, 
there's that. Uh, my number seven is a film, again, another catch-up one. I, I, when I was doing all my catch-up for this this year, obviously I had a couple that appeared early in the list, but there's two. I had The Lily People, which obviously was number 12, and then I had this one, which blew me away. And uh, this goes again back to the, the, the get-out thing of having different voices and having like different perspectives. Uh, this is The Transfiguration, which oh, yeah. we absolutely have to do in the show at some point. And this is a, a movie about a teenage kid who thinks he's a vampire. Um and he's this kid who lives with his bigger brother his parents aren't there uh it does deal you know he's, he's a black kid and it deals a lot with like how he's perceived because of that um he's, he's grown up there's like gangs in the street that he lives in and you know how he kind of has to avoid them and how he kind of gets in you know like how, how they end up interacting with him there's all this stuff and the movie's like it's 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 this really sad thing about how his belief in being a vampire kind of ties to how he's what his self-worth is and what he believes his purpose or lack of purpose in the world is and it's a really it's a really tragic watch to be honest it's a really depressing (laughs) movie but uh like you really find yourself rooting for him and you want him to like do better and uh chloe levine's in it uh who i've seen pop up in a lot of things recently Uh, she's kind of the love interest um and she's a little bit older than him but they can have this bond and uh the kid also wins me over from his taste in vampires as well. Like he he like name drops every good vampire movie, uh, okay. and and throws like Twilight under the bus. It's it's so good, uh, but it's just a really good like horror drama. This is, this is one of these ones where the horror part of it is almost more to do with the human horror. It's it's just how bad people are in the world is, um, as opposed to the actual horror horror. That said, though, there's a couple of good vampire scenes too. Uh, so, uh. I highly recommend this. this. This really blew me away when I saw it this year. Yeah, I uh, I heard uh, really good things about it. I, it's something I, I've wanted to watch and just never got around to it. So I yeah look forward to checking it out at some point. But I mean, yeah. it sounds great. Yeah. Yeah, and no, we'll have to do it in the show at some point. It's really really good. Uh, what is your number six? Uh, I I think you mentioned it early on in your list uh, on on the first episode. Pro- uh, pro- probably in the correct place. But go on, you go. Uh, for me, that's the ritual. I absolutely <laughs> love this movie. I think, and, and it was like a, it was a big surprise for me too, because it was just something that seemed like casually dropped on Netflix, and then I was like, "All right, yeah, let's check this out." And I, I was really blown away. I mean, it's just a you know, kind of like a simple story, just you know, some friends, uh, you know, kind of basically like you know, hiking and, and getting lost, and but then uh, like the supernatural and kind of like monstery elements I, I think are so cool there's like creature designs in this that feel like nothing i've seen in any other like horror movie before uh i just think it's really well done and then there is a like an actual yeah like human element to it that i think is handled like really well they're you know dealing with the fallout of a tragedy that you know at the beginning of the movie kind of seems out of nowhere and kind of weird but it, it pays off i, I feel like yeah, once it starts, you know, coming back later on in the movie, uh, I actually just ordered the book uh, that's based on because I really want to read it because I love this movie so much. All right, uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, uh, I liked it a lot. I had it in my 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 sort of lower twenties, uh, but uh, yeah, you you did love it. Uh, my, <laughs> Thanks. My, my number six. <laughs> my number six is midsummer uh, mm. uh one of the newer entries on here uh, uh i like this more than hereditary i i thought this was a step up from hereditary i, I thought the uh 
the the the, the way his story was told and just just how tight the story was just what it was clearly about was so well defined by the end uh that it was almost not a metaphor anymore and just was but like it just worked everything about it just worked like it's exceptionally paced and directed there were so many hints early on and like you feel so anxious and uncomfortable right from the start of the movie as soon as you realize like you know that this this couple and the way they talk to each other every time like like he has to kind of give in and like sort of say yeah you can come and do this thing or you can be a part of this and he clearly doesn't want her there and she wants comfort from him. she wants to be assured and like made to feel wanted and it just mm. you feel that that's the real horror of the movie is is the social horror <laughs> yeah. uh the romantic horror if you will that's what, that's what i'm going to call this this is a romantic horror <laughs> movie yeah it's it, it's so well done and then like the yeah, her hereditary has like just some of the most like awkward like scenes I've ever seen, and then like you see this where it's like, oh man, he found even like new ways to be uh, to make you like socially uncomfortable and just yeah. Whenever they had stuff of just like you know these people, they should not be in a relationship, but neither one is willing to say, it. and the way it comes out is just handled so uh, beautifully, and and <laughs> it's funny. Uh, <clears throat> you know we live in pasadena now and uh they they have like this big uh thing called like the rose parade that they do on uh new year's day and they already started like blocking off like some of the streets and stuff for it and you know my wife is telling me about how they uh elect a, a rose queen uh for it and all i could think about was this movie <laughs> i was like "Ooh, okay <laughs> the rose queen you say yes yeah, so what, what, what ex-boyfriends being yeah you know <laughs> exactly. dealt with uh, that's all i'll say, I'll say else. um <clears throat> no uh that nah, summer was great uh so it shot quite high on my list um pretty quickly uh so what is your number five uh you know, this was one that I think I actually had it as my number one for a bit, and then I switched some things around. But it's, you know, it's really good, <laughs> and that is uh, a cabin in the woods. Um, I mean, it's just fantastic. You know, it's it's funny, it's meta, uh, it's got great performances, just really cool idea. Uh, the you know last act gets so crazy and. They, they do such a good job of like setting up all these things that you want to see and then really pay it off. But it's, uh, yeah, just man, really one of the, yeah, the best of the decade, obviously why it's on the list, but, uh, man, it's such a like cool, fun movie. And I mean, I, I'm sure everyone knows what it is, but basically it's, I mean, I don't, actually, maybe I don't know if you want, really want to give anything away, but, um, it's great. Oh. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, it's just it's about a fabricated horror scenario where we see the control room that's kind of running it, and that's where a lot of the comedy comes from. Uh, uh, Ed yeah. Jenkins and uh, Whitford. Whitford or is that Bradley Whitford? Yeah, Bradley Whitford. Yeah, those two are hilarious and wonderful in that movie, and it yeah. just it, the way it plays upon horror tropes is just so good. Um, yeah. But no. I'm not familiar with the people that made it, but I would definitely check out anything else they've done. <laughs> You're not familiar with the people who made it? No. 
I don't know who wrote it or. Are you cracking a joke here? Or are, you, are you setting me up or? Like, <laughs> <laughs> because if you weren't aware, it's directed by Drew Goddard and co-written by Drew Goddard and Josh Sweden, who happened to create the oh. hit television show <laughs> Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> Of course, I was setting you up. I mean, obviously, I did. And Drew Goddard went on to do Bad Times at El Real, which I enjoyed a lot. Uh, and I will look forward to anything he's making. Obviously, I'm looking forward to anything Josh Whedon's making. You know, I'm happy about both these these parties involved. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, so no, good, 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 good stuff. Uh, <laughs> my number five, mm. and this is out, out of the rest here. This is maybe the one that you won't have at all uh, on your list. Uh, <laughs> And that is the Neon Demon. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, I'm a Refn fan. I enjoy the works of Nicholas Wendy Refn. I enjoy the colors. I enjoy the slow moving cameras. I enjoy the sitting and just watching in silence for like a minute before something happens. <laughs> I enjoy <laughs> all of this stuff. And this is a horror movie. Uh, I mean, it's kind of got like some implied witches and sacrifice and stuff, but ultimately, it's a horror movie about how awful people can be to each other and how the industry of modeling in LA can absolutely turn people into monsters. That's what this movie's about. And how your soul is sold by trying to give yourself into it and then you're just consumed huh, by everyone else. <laughs> so Neon Demon is everything I, I love in a reference movie. And it was hypnotic, which is, I would describe a lot of his stuff as hypnotic, but uh, Neon Demon is my number five. Yeah. I I wouldn't say I'm like I I wouldn't say that I loved it, but I also wouldn't say that I like hated it. I, mm. I mean, um, I I forget uh where I landed, you know, when I first saw it because uh, did we do this on the show? I don't remember. I or... think I think we did. I, I think this was mm-hmm. the screams. Um, so I don't know. Maybe someone can call me out. I don't know if if I remember saying I, I hated it, but like it's right. uh, there's definitely some good stylistic uh stuff to it. I, I just think it, it you know, because I. I actually haven't seen like a ton of um, you know, his stuff. Uh, I mean, this and Drive are you know the two big ones uh, that I've seen. But, um, but I, I mean, I, I do I like Drive a lot. You know, I do like uh, his style. But yeah, just uh, I'll I'll that as a movie. I wasn't like cr- over the top about it. Joe, I'm actually doubting myself now. I'm not sure if we did do it in the show. Hold on, I'm, I'm uh I'm checking. <laughs> uh, oh, where's that handy list I made? Damn it. Damn it! My system's failed me. Oh my god! My system has failed me. All right, I can't. T- I can't check right now. It's going to take too long. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, so that was my number five. What was your number five? Uh, well, you mean my number four? Sorry, number four. Yeah, sorry, number four. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned a little earlier, but that is Get Out. Uh, yeah, I mean, Get I, Out. I <laughs> just phenomenal and uh, and again you know thinking about uh you know the best movies of the decade like you know i'm trying to think of stuff that you know like really stands out and kind of when i think about the decade you know like this is one that um y- you know I-, I feel like it encom- encompasses like you know a lot of the stuff like I- again we have all the social issues and <clears throat> you know we have um you know the talented new horror voice you know coming in and it's uh yeah it's phenomenal like this um you know, funny parts to it. There's, uh, you know, great horror parts to it. Um, it's just really, 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 uh, executed, uh, well on all fronts. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, uh, 
Yeah, we talked about it already, but yeah, get out. Uh, <laughs> deserves to be represented here for sure. Uh, my number four is one that you had ages ago, because you're a fool, <laughs> uh, and that is Insidious. Um, I freaking love Insidious, and again, talk about being surprised uh, when I went to see this. I, I saw this the same day as X-Men First Class and got really confused in X-Men First Class why I recognized Rose Byrne from something, uh, because it was this movie that I watched literally right before it. Uh, this is so playful, it's got so much mythology, it, it, it builds all this stuff up, this idea of the further, Brennan Lynch Mm-hmm. the idea that there is a core being that's kind of like after something specific but there's all these mm-hmm. different entities that are involved and it just mm-hmm. i don't know like so sometimes like a, a, a simple strict haunted house movie can get a bit dull to me because they're so overdone uh but totally. this is so like just yeah that's that's just play with this let's do all these things i love i loved everything this did in the back half i, I thought mm-hmm. i had some good scares in the first half i thought the back half was even better so Insidious really, you know, I, I wasn't expecting to put it this high, but when I was sitting sorting my list out, I was like, you know what? I love Insidious and this was 2011, so it really kind of kicked the, the decade off in a big way, sort of early on. So uh, there you go, Insidious. I'm the director of Saw. <laughs> He's come a long way. He's come a long way. Um, hopefully, he, yeah, we can enjoy his next horror movie before he gets back to doing Aquaman because Aquaman was yeah. mediocre. Uh, what would you uh, put in number three, Timothy? Uh, so another one you already mentioned, and that would be Hereditary. Uh, you know, again, Ariaster just really like came onto the scene and with just some terrific, terrific movies and. Uh, I really do like a. I'd say I'm the opposite of you. I, you know, I love Midsummer, but Hereditary for me is still uh, a little better. Um, I, I know the end gets a little crazy, but I'm totally cool with it. <laughs> and um, yeah, again, there's just some terrific horror moments. But again, it's the, you know, the real life horror, the horror of mental illness and family issues and awkwardness and saying horrible things that you can't take back and. Uh, it's just so well done, and um, I don't think we really mentioned, it, but the, um, you know, the uh, Tony Collette's performance is just, uh, mm. you know, just amazing in this. I mean, and- is it just me, Tim, or have we noticed a trend here? I think there's been maybe about five or six of my picks in my top twenty where I've said that the horror is not as, like, That's true. you know, it's, it's not like a serial killer, it's not a monster, it's not any of this. It's it's more about the humanity horror. It's this the more down to earth horror, and it's the sort of things that I can see some people arguing that some of these aren't horror movies. I mean, not Hereditary. Sure. Hereditary is definitely a horror movie, but yeah. like I can see people arguing with me that Neon Demon is not a horror movie, or that mm. um, uh, the like People's not a horror movie, or that you know whatever. Like I can see people arguing that some of these aren't horror movies, which they're wrong. Yeah. But, no, yeah, yeah, I do think they're wrong, and it, I mean it, it's crazy, but it's almost like maybe if uh, your movie's about something, <laughs> that it, <laughs> it, 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 may, it it makes it good. I don't know. <laughs> maybe that's a crazy idea. Um, but no, like I, Tim, it, yeah, I my f- you... my favorite thing about you, Tim, is just how much of a radical you are. <laughs> uh, but no, I I don't think you can really like argue against that stuff like if you're just like a dude that's like well no man unless there's a guy in a mask with a chainsaw killing people it's not horror it's like all right it can be many different things and um yeah it's like i I think that's why these later movies kind of stand out because uh yeah they do horror well but they also have like this extra human element added to it uh that 
you know, kind of boosts it and makes it a little more, uh, you know, like it's more of a fulfilling watch, you know, it's not mm-hmm. like, you know, fast food's delicious and, you know, who doesn't love to eat it, but, you know, uh, would you take that over like, you know, a very nice prepared, you know, like full course meal? Depends who cooked it. <laughs> I'm cooking it. I'll take the fast food. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't like the smell of what Tim's cooking. All right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> done. You're done. You're done. You're done with yeah. uh, Okay. Uh, my number three is one that you brought up recently, and that is The Cabin in the Woods. Uh, mm. Cabin in the Woods, and this wasn't a surprise per se, because I mean, I, I knew the people involved. I was excited. It, it, this was one that was shelved yeah. for like two years before they brought it out. Um, and that's, I was actually a little confusing at first because I, I had to look it up because I was like, all right, so need to make sure it's in this decade, but I forget, like, is the release date going to count for, like, you know, when it was mm-hmm. originally made or whatever, or, uh, but I, I was uh, I was happy when I found out, like, okay, no, it, it counts. Yeah, no, it, it came out in 2012. That's that's, that's the, the okay. year that I would count Cabin in the Woods with, yeah. but, uh, like, Cabin in the Woods is just so extremely playful i mean we, we just did a review before we recorded this countdown today and we were talking about how it didn't explore its concept enough and how it just it just it sort of fell back into these safe like tropes instead of actually exploring the cool idea it had this is a movie that has an idea that the horror movie situation that these these like five college students are are experiencing mm-hmm. is a setup and that there's people in a control room controlling it mm-hmm. and it it just it goes as far as it can with it it does everything it can with it uh, from the betting board from the the chaos in the third act which i will not spoil because it's wonderful from from the the references to various movies to the, the the crazy old man who tries to warn them about the place they're going to and like the stuff that come, happens with him in the movie like everything it does like this is clearly even though it's critical of horror being the same and not evolving it's also clearly written by people who love horror movies like yeah. it's it's both it, it, it loves horror but also criticizes it for not moving forward enough and it's wonderful is that wonderful yeah and i feel like there's like so many people nowadays uh i feel like try to do the meta thing and i don't think it rarely comes off that great but mm. this is just one of those prime examples of it, it's meta it's doing a take on the genre but it's like hitting the nail on the head perfectly and and even if you don't even look at it that like through that lens it's still like just a yeah fantastical movie and it really it, it sets up so much stuff and like you know this movie probably has like some of the best payoffs like in oh, any yeah. horror movie like there's so much stuff that you see that you're like oh like that looks pretty cool but i don't know if we'll see it and then it's like no like they give you everything you want yeah that third act does not hold back it is absolutely wonderful i and you know i I love the first stream movie i do um but i think this is a better stream than stream yeah yeah i'd say that so there it is what is your number two timmy drop that deuce on us um i i went back and forth on this a lot uh my number one and my number two i probably switched places like mm-hmm. at least two or three times but um this is where it landed. <laughs> so, uh, my number two is it follows. Uh, it's, you know, I, I, I think we're both pretty positive on it. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. uh, just the, 
it has such a good style direction to it it, it feels like kind of like it's it feels like timeless like you know it takes place in modern times but you know it kind of feels 80s ish it has like you know great score and then just a simple idea that's executed really 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 well uh genuinely creepy stuff um i think michael Sarah was in the theater when i watched this uh, <laughs> so uh yeah that, that'll usually help your uh, theater going experience um all, but no, I'm, all i'm thinking now Tim, is how like Anne from arrested <laughs> development would actually be able to defeat this ghost <laughs> because they, they would just forget she exists <laughs> that's true um but no, this is this is great, and this is one like I've rewatched like endlessly. Like I, you know, it, it sucks a lot of the time. Uh, yeah, I don't have as much time to like, you know, rewatch stuff as I, I used to. Like you know, when you're a teenager or twenties or something. Like when you like a movie, that means you you've seen it like ten times. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, by the time it's been out for a year. Uh, but this is one I yeah I can rewatch like pretty much any at any point. It's one that's like. Yeah, you get excited if you if you know someone that hasn't seen it yet. It's like, all right, shut up, we're watching it. <laughs> you know, it's a, it's really good. And I, uh, and again, I was gonna say I'd be surprised if anything on this top fifty I'd seen more than three times, and for the most part, it'll be one or two. Yeah, it, it's unfortunate because yeah, there was a time when all of these I probably would have watched like five or six times, but yeah. Yeah, a lot of them unfortunately I've only seen once, and and then that's one of the fun things too when you're going through the list is you're like. Oh, yeah, that's right. I gotta rewatch this, man. Like, this is good. <laughs> what, what, what's good about that though is that when you do get finally get around to rewatching some of these, it'll be so long you've forgotten so much that it'll be it'll be almost like reliving it for the first time again. <clears throat> totally. Um, so there's an upside to it. Yeah, and then and again, this, the last thing uh, y'all mentioned again uh, about it is, um, you know, it, it has uh, you know it, it works so much uh, you know in terms of like metaphor and having like social relevance to it. Um, you know, because, you know, we're dealing in, you know, an age where, you know, there's, like, you know, a lot of issues with, you know, like, sex and, like, um, you know, like, maybe, like, women, like, being called out for, you know, like, acting in certain ways and stuff. And it, it feels like... Slut shaming is the term you're looking for, yeah, Tim, yes. Yeah, uh, but but it does, it does feel, like, kind of like a, you know, sexually freeing kind of movie uh, and stuff. So, again, yeah, you can't say enough th- uh, great things about it. Hmm. All right. Uh, so my number two is one that you have brought up before, and this is one that you even questioned if it belonged here. So it definitely belongs here because my number two, <laughs> and that is Under the Skin, which mm. is so like brooding as a movie. It's so brooding, and it's so hypnotic and so again, it, it kind of takes that like almost POV thing. It's not, it's not shot in POV, but it's like you're following the killer, you're following the evil alien who's like going around you know kidnapping men and it's just it's such a beautiful film like there's so many shots in this that i love whether it's on the beach the ending and the sort of this it's not quite snow it's more like ash that's falling but like you know like just all these beautiful moments the visuals are stunning uh but like i say the mood is unparalleled the mood is something else uh no it's uh downright unique it's very kubrick very kubrick um and i love it uh, so I'll just leave it there because we, we, you know, this has been long enough. So uh, <laughs> I, 
I forget, did Matt watch this one? Matt, I, I made Matt watch this for review, and <laughs> he was not super enthused about it. Let's just say that. Uh, so we're at the point now where we both have our number ones to give. So what we're going to do is Tim is going to recap his entire list, just quickly run down yes. them, and he will end by revealing his number one. So uh, start from number 50, off you go. All right, so that is The Hallow, It Chapter 1, Terrifier, Child's Play, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, Sadako vs. Kayako, Nightmare Cinema, Unfriended, The Final Girls, Curse of Chucky, The Boy, of course, maybe too low, uh, Cult, Cult of Chucky, Satan Slaves, Unfriended Dark Web, Late Phases, Southbound, Paranormal Activity 3, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Veronica, A Dark Song, May the Devil Take You, Insidious Revenge, I Saw the Devil, You're Next, Spring, Gerald's Game, Maniac, Conjuring, Insidious Chapter 3, Midsummer, Under the Skin, Autopsy of Jane Doe, Evil Dead, The Conjuring, The Wailing, A Girl Walks Home at Night, Train to Busan, Us, The Lighthouse, The Void, The Invitation, Dr. Sleep, Mandy, Ritual, A Cabin in the Woods, Get Out, Hereditary, It Follows, and of course, my number one, Truth or Dare. Now, this was a movie <laughs> that... <laughs> Don't be a dare. <laughs> uh no if you notice that's probably one very notable thing that was left off the list and Uh you mentioned a little earlier and that is the witch uh i oh (laughs) of course (laughs) i saw it coming i provide visual proof of my guess uh no i i absolutely absolutely love this movie it's uh it, it I think it's one of the best examples of showing like how paranoia can like you know escalate and you know because everything like starts off very innocent and then it just like amps it up amps, amps it up and then like um it looks so gr- good and like you know the dialogue feels so authentic and the it is a slow burn, but then, you know, when there is the horror elements, uh, they're done so well. I love the ending. Obviously, I talk about the goats. I mean, Black Phillip, if he's not, like, <laughs> the horror star of the decade, I don't know who is. My God. Well, here's here's, um, the, que- here's, the, here's the answer to the question. What is Tim... Uh, what, what would Tim put higher than dolls, since he has such a doll fetish? Well, it turns <laughs> out that goats still reign supreme. If anything, I am shocked that Hagazusa, with the goat masturbation <laughs> scene, isn't the uh, number one film, to be honest. But Black Phillip from The Witch has, has graced us with number one, so... Yeah. But no, I, I mean, I absolutely love it. I, I've watched it multiple times. It's, you know, stood with me. And I think it's just the, the filmmaking is just uh, so good about, uh, you know, it's just like uh, it, it's it's masterful. And it feels so of the time period. Like it's like if they had a time machine and they actually filmed something from like this period, it, it would feel authentic and uh, like creepy twins. And uh, it, it's so good. And, and again, I i i went back and forth about this in my number two uh quite often but i think it just edges out uh you know because if i don't know it just they're both great but i don't know it, it works for me but all right you can go now all right so i'm going to recap my 50 um pay attention 
50, Paranormal Activity 3, 49, The Conjuring, 48, Howl, 47, Insidious, Chapter 3, 46, Krampus, 45, The Perfection, 44, Late Phases, 43, Cult of Chucky, 42, Texas Chainsaw, 3D, Baby, 41, Unfriended, 40, The Black Coast Star, aka February, 39, I Am Not a Serial Killer, 38, Cam, 37, A Quiet Place, 36, Revenge, 35, The Monster, 34, The Conjuring 2, 33, Eyes of My Mother, 32, 10, Cloverfield Lane, 31, Overlord, 30, Hush, 29, The Ritual, 28, It Comes at Night, 27, Don't Breathe, 26, Raw, 25, Creep, 24, The Final Girls, 23, The Babysitter, 22, Terrifier, 21, Get Out, 20, Hereditary, 19, A Woman Walks Home Alone at Night, 18, Split, 17, Darling, 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 Never mind. <laughs> number 16, The Witch, 15, Happy Death Day, 14, You're Next, 13, The Invitation, thanks for it Tim, uh, 12, <laughs> They Look Like People, 11, Train to Busan, 10, Mandy, 9, Evil Dead, 8, Maniac, 7, The Transfiguration, 6, Midsummer, 5, The Neon Demon, 4, Insidious, 3, The Cabin in the Woods, 2, Under the Skin, and my number one, of course, is It Follows. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> you don't have anything to show on the screen now? No, no, I guess this. Uh, well, it was uh, the wrong guess. Sorry. <laughs> what was the guess? What was the guess? Uh, the, the you know that movie, The Boy. Right. No. Yes. Uh, of course, I knew it was It Follows, but then I, I was trying to hastily find like a. I, I don't have a piece of paper with me, so I was trying to find like a, something that said The Boy that I could show. But uh, no, yeah, I don't. I, uh, yeah, this is not a surprise at all. <laughs> Yeah, it follows. It follows is like uh, was transcendent. <laughs> to use a pretentious word, it was transcendent. When I saw. No, it's everything I want in a horror movie. It, it had Carpenter-esque homages, but the way it was shot with all the long takes and the uh, the constant feeling of like movement. The the premise is so simple. The idea that this thing will keep coming for you no matter where you are, it'll just keep walking towards you, and it can look like anyone. So you have this main character who has to deal with that, uh, but she enlists the help of her friends and her sister, and eventually it becomes this proactive movie uh, that I love in horror films. But they look at the rules and they say, "How can we beat this thing?" And they try and problem solve and they try and figure it out. It goes to dark places. The music is wonderful. The score, the the, the synth uh, stuff uh, is is phenomenal from disaster piece really really good stuff um it's everything i want it's just it's perfect it's a perfect horror movie and it's my number one of the decade and there wasn't even a debate there were, you said you swapped number one and two a lot i never did like there was one thing i knew i, I swapped like two through like 10 i was all over the place with number one i knew was it follows the second i sat down yeah, yeah i mean it's not a surprise because i mean I, I feel like we talk about it quite a bit and it's it it's kind of like a go-to example uh, i feel like a lot of the times if there are other movies that maybe uh, has like if they don't do things as well, like we'll use like it follows is like, you know, the, the great example of being like, oh, no, like, yeah, this is how you do this kind of thing or whatever. But it's yeah, I mean, everything about it just really comes together. And it's uh, I don't think it's surprising. I think it is a, a standout of the decade for sure. 
Um, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, and given that it was your number two, that means by averages it is our combined number one. So it's also Streams After sure. Midnight's best <laughs> film of the decade. Uh, I'm completely fine with <laughs> with that for sure. And I think number two would be Cabin in the Woods because I had that at three and you had that at five. Yeah. I think that would be number two. If we were, if we were, com- if we were using like a voting system here to like combine them, I think that would be yeah. number two. But anyway, I'll stop there. I can't remember all of them. Hey, but. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm definitely fine with that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's not a... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Not, not a bad list by any means. Um, yeah. And luckily, I give the boy no points, so that won't make it. That's fine. <laughs> I won't make it. Uh, so... No, uh, there you go. That, that that was that's been a journey. Uh, that's the top fifty horror movies of the decade, and it's so hard to decide, like you know, or even predict, like what we'll be talking about in ten years' time, because you know we barely know half of what's coming out next year. Never mind the nine years following it. So yeah, we'll find out. Well, that's going to be part of the fun, uh, it and is. it is our ode to keep up to date with movies and try not to miss things and keep watching them and keep having a sufficient list at the end of the year and. Uh, hopefully by the time we get to the end of the decade know exactly what we're doing so uh but yeah that is that, that is yeah. that so I, I don't know if you have any honorable mentions you want to throw out just if you have any sort of off the top of your head uh i think i deleted all the ones that just missed my list so i can't remember any of them now so i don't think i do but you know um sure uh well i i know one um that i well I, actually well i'll give two quick ones that uh, didn't make my list. I, I think they're phenomenal movies, but I just think they. Um, some people might try to argue for them, but I think they're like more comedic and stuff. And that's. Uh, I think what we do in the shadows is absolutely amazing. But I. Mm-hmm. I don't even really think of it as horror comedy. I think just straight up comedy, even though it's like, obviously vampires and stuff. But I, I think just having vampires doesn't automatically make it horror. You know what I mean? Uh, I, uh, I I get it. Um, I I would add on to that that I think the show has surpassed the movie, but show is great it's really good mm, yeah i like the show a lot uh, yeah but i that and then also um this is kind of weird kind of a weird one uh but one cut of the dead i, I think i've seen other people put on lists sure. and I, again um you know go into it as cold as possible so you know i'm not gonna say anything about it but other than like i i don't really consider it too much of a horror movie but i i still think it is a you know, really, uh, really, really good uh, movie that's worth uh, seeing. Um, I think, uh, you know, well, you mentioned Creep. I, I think the sequel is really good as well. Yeah, um, yeah. Good. So I, I'd give that an honorable mention, but yeah, maybe not. You know, it doesn't need I... to be on the list. Um, oh, um, I think one thing that obviously it's not a movie, <laughs> so it wouldn't be on the list, but I feel like the, uh, you know, the last season of twin peaks is like oh yeah baby some of the horror elements in that like you know you almost wish it was a movie so it could be on the list but uh oh, yeah i'll give right. that an honorable mention if that if that works hey yeah, i'm officially feeling it barry it did very well on the top 25 tv shows of the decade that i did with connor it, it did very well oh, nice. on that list nice. um no. oh and then and, and not um and uh, i don't think it's necessarily great but i'll give a little bit of a shout out to the uh let the right one in remake i think that was this decade it was um, yeah. not as good as the original uh but as far as remakes go it's not bad not horrible yeah if we're picking different mediums and uh resident evil 2 remake baby <laughs> oh yeah oh for sure for sure yeah that's <laughs> definitely yeah would there's deserve to be on there yeah nice and high please mm-hmm. thank you thank you and kindly 
but yeah, uh, so that yeah, that is our top fifties of the decade. Obviously, we still have stuff of the the year to do. Our best of twenty nineteen. Uh, that will that will be a couple of months from now because we're going to catch up with twenty nineteen movies that we've not gotten around to yet over the next couple of months. And sometime early March, we're going to do our top ten of twenty nineteen and our worst ten of twenty nineteen. So hopefully by then we'll have ten good movies to put in that list. Because right now I don't think we do. But hopefully by the time we've caught up and a lot of the stuff that sort of slipped through the cracks, then get theater releases. Uh, all that sort of stuff we'll be able to have a more definitive top 10 of the year but this yeah. is, and obviously some of those may, may if we redid this list might squeeze onto it but uh, sure. we have to put a cut off somewhere and just do it right <laughs> uh, so the decade is done now and uh, you know but if, the, if there is anything like noticeable that people think we might have missed or something definitely let us know oh yeah yeah, yeah. you can comment below and uh, let us know what your, your lists are give us your top 10s top 20s top 50s whatever you want to do uh in the comments so uh yeah so that's what's coming up uh soon uh also i'll just remind you right here that uh the schedule going forward has changed a little bit in january and the way it's going to work is that there will be a weekly episode of course as there always has been uh you know every monday you'll get an episode of screams after midnight but twice a month you'll also get a second episode and those two episodes that are the sort of the, the secondary ones uh will be up early on patreon.com slash tv at the five dollar tier if you want to go over there and support us but uh that will be up early for $5 patrons. Uh, $1 patrons, of course, get access to the exclusive bonus episode, so that's like a seventh movie a month. So there'll be seven there'll be seven episodes per month, one of which is Patreon only, two of which will be early on Patreon but are still there for everyone, and then the regular four-weekly episodes. Right? Was that confusing? Probably. But just... <laughs> More more consistent episodes. It, now, it does mean a smaller October-thon because we won't have as much time to like bank tons of episodes, but you'll get more regular episodes, and we're hoping that that will mean that will a keep up with new releases well and also be able to actually do some of these like you know back catalog franchise movies that we keep pushing back so that is the uh that is the plan uh so look forward to that so yeah go to patreon and see if you want to support everything we do and keep the content coming thank you to our patreon producers that i've not uh, thanked yet uh so i'll I'll mention them david short allison m four days cindy palacios and tyler hess they're patrons at the 20 dollar and up tier so thank you to them for being producers um but yeah patrons of the decade patrons of the decade there you go uh so yeah guys on screams midnight at twitter at screams midnight uh you can get us there uh like and subscribe ding the bell on youtube for notifications share us on your social medias rate the podcast on apple podcast helps us out a lot give us five stars more people find us that way uh but that is us that has been this other epic second epic length half of the top 50 horror movies of the 2010s uh and we'll be back with another countdown Probably, I mean, we may do one before October. Maybe we'll do one early summer because uh, there's plenty to do. Maybe do a smaller one uh, early summer or something if we think of a little small, you know, like top 20 zombie movies or something like that. I don't know. Look. 10 oh. episodes of Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I could do a top 10 of Buffy if you want. I mean, don't, don't, don't tempt me. Yeah, I could too. <laughs> uh, don't, don't tempt me. We could do a uh, top 10 Resident Evil villains. Oh, okay. There you go. We could do that. Because I, I was thinking before of, like, yeah, it might be fun to do, like, uh, a top ten of, like, uh, survival horror games. But then it's like, well, it's I, like, I mean, is it going to be, like, seven Resident Evil games? You know, like, It'll be, like, seven Resident Evil games and three Silent Hills. That'll be, yeah. <laughs> that'll be the list. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that works. But maybe we could do, like, yeah, top ten monsters in Resident Evil or sure. top ten, I don't know, Resident Evil characters or top whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Top, oh, top 10 save room themes. I could do that. 
okay. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we're going to we're do a smaller countdown sometime early summer uh, to mix it up a little bit and then do a big one for the October stun. But uh, that is us. That has been uh, the top, second half of our top 50 of the 2010s. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, guys, and we will see you next time.